Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mail Fuzz TV. I am Peter, and I am joined, as always, on this special 52 episode occasion by Matt. Five, two. Yeah. Connor's here That's as well. Seven. <laughs> I, I want to know why you said this 52 episode occasion and not the 52nd episode. Like, that was just really weird. I've... Because it's 52, not 52nd, you judge your menace. <laughs> I mean, you're right, but it just doesn't yeah, work I in know. the sentence. The, the, real, the real answer to that question is that I've had very little sleep. So if you, if you enjoyed that mistake, expect lots more throughout the what might be a three-hour-plus show, given what we've got to get through. Oh, <laughs> Look in that space. That's, that's right, after, right before we started recording, he said to his wife, I need to sit here for four hours, go away. I, that was hyperbole. That was hyperbole. <laughs> it wasn't that hyperbole. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not uh, hyperbole. So I, uh, I guess that counts as an introduction for Connor. You don't follow. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He'll do. He ruined, <laughs> he ruined himself. He's, so yeah, he's gonna be my third favorite ginger we talk about this week. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, we, yeah, we talk about DC Comics, and this is a special occasion, because this is episode number 52, and, of course, DC fans know that 52 is a special number, for a lot of reasons. 52 hours, 52 weeks, 52 everything, Channel 52, does 52... Yeah, it everywhere. really started post-Infinite Crisis, mm. when 52 took off, you know, because our lord and saviour, Jeff Johns, you know? Yep. No? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, yeah, um, I'll, I'll go with that. Long Saviour, that's fine. Uh, I mean, he, he's the one who kick-started Rebirth, of course, which did save everything, so, you know. Gave us our start doing this. Yep, I'll yeah, accept it. It's kind of the reason we exist. Yeah. Yes, well, as a podcast, not as people. Uh, well, I'll speak for yourself. <laughs> I, might, I, I might have told him that when I met him in person, that's why there's a restraining order, but hey. Um, so yeah, so special. And to mark that special occasion, at the end of the show, uh, kind of after you know, after we've talked about the books and after we've done our weekly picks and all the rest of it, uh, we are going to all give our top ten DC characters of all time, counting down in order, uh, which proved to be a very stressful task. Figuring from fifty-two, and you know, you'll get to see me go through the stress a little bit later on because I forgot to think about it. <laughs> got busy and so didn't do it so i will ginger. be f- very stressed at my order while you know they're they're doing their lists hmm. um so that's coming up at the end of the show also of course we have all the books and coming up this week book wise we have the flash number 22 teen titans number eight batman 23 superman 23 green arrow 23 nightwing 21 green lanterns 23 batwoman number three super sons number four and trinity number nine that's all the books coming up uh, on this week's show. Um, also, there's that new perk on Patreon, which we'll be announcing at the end of the show as well, when it's relevant, because it's relevant to the, uh, the weekly picks at the end. So, uh, cool little new perk on there as well. Uh, and we'll also be announcing what book we're doing in week five, uh, The Trade, which was voted on for patrons. So that's everything coming up in today's show. So it's a big show, big episode. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, we do have a little bit of news first. We actually have two big news things. But the big news thing is relevant to one of the books, so that will come when we talk about the book. Uh, didn't stop DC from uh, announcing it before. It didn't, no. Well, that's love them. They know as soon as someone gets their hand on the physical copy that has this at the back of it, it's going to be all over the internet anyway. That's it. Once Diamond ship out on the Monday night, 
that's it. It's it'll be seen. So they might as well put it out on the Monday morning themselves. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of why it did. Uh, but uh, so the other bit of news was that they announced a bunch of one shots uh, in August uh, to celebrate uh, Kirby's what would be Kirby's one hundredth birthday. So nice. We're getting six one shots. Uh, uh, now I'm I'm pretty sure they mentioned maybe I maybe I can't count maybe this is me being tired but this feels like seven characters to, or seven things to me but. Uh, they're saying the books are going to be Mr. Miracle, The Black Racer, The Newsboy, Legion, Darkseid, Orion, Omak, and Manhunter. So maybe two of them are going to be together. Yeah, it says they'll feature characters such as those. It doesn't say they'll all be individual books. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, they gave us seven, and they said there's six books, so I imagine it'll mostly just be those. I, I can see The Newsboy Legion teaming up with somebody, because that's kind of their mm. thing. Mm. So, yeah. Also, I mean, Mr. Miracle, cool. Big Barda, Orion, Black yeah. Racer. Those are all new gods, so they could, they could be crossover there. Yeah. yeah, and obviously, Mr. Miracle is getting his own series coming up in August yeah. as well, right? Written by Tom King. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we spoke about that last last week. Yeah, yeah, I just couldn't remember the month. That, that yeah. was all. Yeah. Not that Matt was here, though. Matt, Matt, Matt's like, what, no. Mr. Miracle? What's happening? <laughs> no, no, I know about it. I still, I still keep up. I was at Disneyland. Meeting Darth Vader, uh, not not a fan of the too sweet. He no sold me, big time. Oh, and then threatened to choke me, but not with the force. So good times. But I got very Sounds dark. <laughs> I got very dark indeed. Uh, yeah, but this, this is this is cool. Uh, no word yet on creative teams for any of the one shots, but they've announced them all this week. So uh. yeah, well we'll be getting the solicits for <clears throat> next week or the week after. Right. It should be. They'll start. I think they started today pumping out their their, their previews of some of the early ones. So I, theoretically, so, it should be. I mean, we're getting. I mean, this is week three comics wise now, so it should be Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, it's usually third Monday now, isn't it? Uh, well, it's been Tuesday a couple of times now as well. So uh, and that's weird because obviously, usually they obviously we record this on a Saturday, mm-hmm. and they Spoilers. usually. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, it goes straight up after we do it. It's not like it's a shock. <laughs> oh, they don't have to know. We could be in the the. Could be in the past. The flash is that point. What you say? Yeah, well, yeah. Technically, we're all in the past and the future at the same time. But we could be in the speed force for all they know. If they don't know. I mean, God, Connor. sure. But my point was, usually those early ones start coming out on the Friday. It's kind of weird to get them starting on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was one quick batch just before we started recording. We're not going to talk about it. We're just going to leave it for next week because we've got too much in the show anyway and we'll just do the whole solicits as a batch next week. But assuming they come out before next week, who knows what they're playing at these days. Um, but yeah, so that that was the, the bit of news, which I actually hadn't heard about. I, I, I said, oh, there's no news all in the one thing that goes with the book. And Connor's like, but did you not hear about this other thing? And I'm like, no, what's this? And then he linked me and there it was. I thought it was lying, but... I mean, I feel like I might just do that every week now. Just tell you there's some news and then make you go hunt for it. And then maybe you'll find something. <laughs> maybe. Hey, Matt. What's do you want, up? Do you, do you want a friendly wager? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm trying to figure out what books are going to go with what. Because. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead. I, just, I want a friendly wager. So how high do you think Red Hood's going to place on Connor's list at the end of this show? Yeah. <laughs> Number one, baby. <laughs> oh, like, I'll tell you, if, he, 
if you ever disagree with Connor online, you find yourselves in in the Mild Fuzz group, uh, and you don't like something he says, just remind him, six issues of Red Hood jostles the brain. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. All right, uh, so I guess we can get on to books then. <laughs> so that, uh, we'll start us off in Flash number 22, of course. We'll start off with a big event crossover, which is finishing this week. Um, nice of them to give the give us give us this on week 52, of all places, but... Yeah, no, right? Yeah. It's because Williamson's looking out for us, he knows. He's, he's a fan. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Williamson, it is written by Joshua Williamson and art is by Howard Poor. Hmm. Not, not not as much Easter eggs as the last Howard Porter issue. Much more straightforward. Yeah, yeah no but, no time for it anymore. This was the this no. was the meat. This was the meat at the end. They had, oh, had things to focus yeah. on. Th- that said, we get something as equally thought provoking and time consuming as those Easter eggs. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Thon. So dead is dead with Thon, right? Like for now. Dude, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I just love his hubris now. in this issue where we get to see him race to the end, right? And he almost looked like he's at vanishing point, which for a long time DC readers is where Rip Hunter operates from. It's like the last moment in time of the universe. And it's like this space fortress with all these like asteroid belts around it because time's coming to an end. And he gets there and, oh man, I just love Williamson's voice for Zoom. Well, Thon, in this issue, just because he's so cocky and so arrogant, and he meets his doom. Mm. So, yes, yeah. which, yes. Which, which we saw in the first issue, you know, at the end. What, what yeah, I think so it's a really nice cycle to this yeah. whole story. You know, we start and end with, what with his I death. What I think is interesting about that scene, though, is that mm-hmm. when he says, because he's, he's been all cocky, he's been like, oh, well, I'm not like them. I, you know, no one can erase me. He looks up and he gets scared and he says, "Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't realize." Or and I'm like, that sounds like he recognizes who it is. I, I think there's so much more than what we just think. Yeah, is what's going on. It's not. It's not because, just Manhattan. It can't be. Yeah, there's no way, because, as he said, he's a constant in a sea of possibilities. And I reread this this morning because I read it Wednesday morning super early. And so I wanted to refresh. And that line stuck out to me both times. Hmm. Uh, so I'm not saying there's multiple Manhattans because we've seen that before. But what if there's multiple Manhattan entities? You know? I don't know. I, I admittedly, maybe this was a popular theory during the whole Superman mystery, right? But what mm-hmm. if? What if Manhattan is the one who's manipulating things, but there's someone whispering in his ear? There's someone else. Yeah. I mean, I would argue the the closing dialogue would lend credence to that idea. Yeah, but yeah we're going to get there. Uh, but what? And maybe this is just me. But my first thought goes to Superboy Prime. And so I've been rereading Infinite Crisis in in my spare mm-hmm. times, and there's a lot of overlap with a lot of the dialogue that's been in the button. Mm. And Flashpoint, and this, and, or an Infinite Crisis. I'm getting lost in my yeah. thoughts. And Jeff Johns, of course. I mean, that was his event. That was so. his guy. Yeah, that was his, his. He used Prime a lot. So, and he's such a good villain because he's twisted. He is very much 
Manhattan. And and what we know about Manhattan is he's this this man that became so phenomenal that he lost his humanity, right? Hmm. That's Superboy Prime to a T. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, all I hope for though, if it is Superboy Prime, I really I want him to enter the, <laughs> enter the scene when he finally appears and say it's prime time, baby. <laughs> I want it so much. Oh god, but he's he's adopted the Metropolis kids look. So he has that stupid earring and high top fade. Like <laughs> that's the only way to make that even better. Oh dear. Uh of course, Batman and Flash missed this. They, they arrived there late and they, kept, yep. they see him dead. And they then go speeding off. And they actually start, you know, the, the treadmill's basically falling apart. And it's like, yeah, oh, it's, crap. It's all wobbly. It's yeah. barely keeping together. We're, we're screwed here, Batman. We're going to die is basically what Barry said to him. And then we hear, we hear a voice. Yeah. Reach out from the speed force. Yeah. And lo and behold, one... <laughs> Jay Garrick appears suddenly out of nowhere. Uh, while Jay Garrick appears, exactly, uh, and he gloriously saves them. He he like grabs both of them and puts them back into the Batcave at the right time, and it, it's kind of amazing. And then it mirrors the the rebirth issue. It mirrors that because yep. Jay's been stuck in the Speed Force just like Wally was, and Jay tries to. He's like you know Barry. I'm Jay. I'm a Flash. We're friends. So on and so forth, and. Barry goes to grab his hand, but it doesn't work. And right. he just, you know, we get that full page spread of him going back into the Speed Force in pain, being being struck by it. And as Barry sort of theorizes, you know, maybe I'm just not the, the right lightning rod. Lightning rod. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because if the JSA has never existed except for, you know, crazy Johnny Thunder in his retirement home, right? Then who... Whoever did this did a really good job at keeping them out. Mm. Because with Wally, at least there's always Barry and there's Iris and there was Linda to act as a as a lightning rod. Like there are multiple ones that, that Wally could be pulled out through. With Jay, there's really not. Right? Like and that's that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if his wife's around and sure, maybe her, but Yeah, but if no one's around from that time, then mm. how do we get them back? It's almost as if we need that Morrison wish machine from Final Crisis to grant them back. You know what I mean? I, I would imagine that they'll come back a different way. Like, it, it'll be a, yeah. a result of, you know, what we're going to talk about in a minute well, for the end of this break. I'm, I'm sure Johnny Thunder and his genie oh, sure, are going sure. to have a lot to do with it, right? Which, when we get to the end, I've, I've me and Pete talked about this after the big news that came out uh, about this issue and about what this means going forward. And... I've been formulating some ideas since then, so, uh, and it doesn't involve the Legion. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, is it is it not possible Johnny Thunder is his his lightning rod? I mean, I think Johnny name... Thunder's the lightning rod for can, all of them. Can, 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 can yeah. I just point out the the not so subtlety in having the lightning rod be someone called Johnny Thunder? I just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I was just getting well, to the name. It makes, but... it makes sense though. Makes story sense and logical sense, and yeah, the he's, idea that he's, he's the, magic. the only the only team member still around that yeah. remembers them all. Yeah, and magic outside of Constantine has really been missing from this universe, hmm. right? And yeah. so, if all he needs is a bit of magic, 
and I'm not talking like mixapidalic type magic, but like Shazam style magic, then, you know, I just think that could be what brings the JSA back. Because it's not going to be, I, I feel like the way that Wally was brought back, who's ever doing all this, whether it be Prime or, or Manhattan, they're going to see how that was done and, and kind of cross it out, not let it be done again. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is actually one of the things. Someone said this to me this week, and I can't remember if it was you, Matt, or if it was just something I was thinking about myself or reading online, but the, the idea that, well, Superman, other than Kryptonite, obviously, Superman's yep. weakness is magic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Does Manhattan also have that weakness? Because in Watchmen, there is no magic. There is no... Right? Every, everything about yeah. him is like physics and science and... Like, I, I would have to assume yes, based on, like I say, he is the, the ultimate physicist, essentially. Yeah. Everything he does revolves around the physics of time and atoms and, and all that. So right. and and magic, magic, it just dis, dis, destroys those rules. That's its whole well, thing. Because it doesn't make sense. And yes, you can add rules to magic, and there's always a price, and you, you do that type of stuff. But when you're looking at it, it's not a science. It yeah, is... It, it, it has its own rules, but those rules are not beholden to physics at yeah. all. Right. And look, we saw Mixipidlik get out of his prison, however way that was. So if he was using even his fifth dimensional magic, that fits in line with that. You yeah. know? And um, and that could be why Johnny Thunder is the only one that remembers, because he has that tie to magic. Yeah, it could, I stopped. Maybe, yeah, maybe the reason why Johnny Thunder actually remembers and has a connection is because like the you know the genie in the pen like mm-hmm. he's he's separate from our reality and even though he yeah. can't access it right now like he can't get to it the reason why he still has those memories is because he's connected to this thing that exists outside right. of our reality and what's been altered and what's been changed and mm-hmm. so on it's mm-hmm. kind of like how stuff in the speed force can still like yeah maybe exactly. realize stuff yeah. and remember stuff and there's again tying back to to infinite crisis you had the whole thing with the specter and that's what alexander luther had done to, to shake up the universe was to make magic unstable. Mm. So if you make it unstable, that, that took out those rules and protections so he could bring back the multiverse. Yeah. Um, so I was going to So Barry and Bruce are like, is this a dead end? And it's like, no, we've got one thing to go on. We're looking for a god. <laughs> Yeah, and I love uh, so I love this bromance between uh, Barry and Bruce. Just like we we see it in another book this week. I can't remember which one because it's I've read so much. It might be it Trinity. was probably Trinity. Yeah, I think it's yeah, Trinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely okay. So we see that they're they're super friendly and they get along on the level. And I'm gonna wait until my dog decides he wants to lay down. And he's just gonna stare out the window. Lay down. Alright. Dog pause. I was going to keep talking then. No, no. no. Ah, he's in a circle. Knew that was going to happen. Yep. <sighs> and... this, this is why it's going to be three hours long. Because there's exactly. a dog. Exactly. The thunder dog. Anyways. Um, but with Barry and Bruce, it's just, it, it's, I like that. That they're solving this together. And it's taking both of their minds to figure it out. And it's still, it's almost as if this happening's kind of distracted them from what's really going on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, 
And obviously, the, the big lasting effects here, uh, at least for Batman, obviously, he heard his father ask him not to be Batman. He said, let that die with us. you know, Because he wants his son to have a normal life. He wants him to live and not be consumed yeah. by yeah. this. Uh, and we get this, it goes back to the nine panel grid, you know, the like the, the classic From Watchmen the layer. Yeah. And again, yeah, the first issue, the whole the whole crossover. Uh, and the back signal goes up and Alfred comes up and says, you're not going to answer that. And Bruce just lowers his head. Now, I actually think this actually really nicely plays into this week's issue of Batman. I think that was planned really nicely mm-hmm. um, to follow on from that. So I'm glad I read this first. And I feel like most people probably did if they, if they care about yeah. the DCU as a whole. Well, it was supposed to come out last week, too, before yeah. it got pushed, so... Yeah, so that, that's another reason sense. to read it first. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but aye, so there's that little sort of moment for... I mean, obviously, I don't think he's going to not be Batman anytime soon, but I think yeah. the idea that doubt's there, that, like, that's, that seeds in his head... Yeah, I think it's another reason why he, maybe he'll start looking at his legacy again and what can mm. he do so that he doesn't have to be Batman, maybe. And we'll get into that stuff, and you know, maybe coming up in, in That's Batman. That's my favourite kind of Batman, right there. A Batman who's thinking of quitting? <laughs> not thinking of quitting, but what's his legacy? Yeah, uh, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not that he wants to quit, it's that he wants to be done. He wants to have succeeded, essentially, where and, he and is needed. And that's always my take is that he's trained all these sidekicks to eventually not take over, but to be the new. It's, it's kind of what Nolan does at the end of Dark Knight Rises, right? He's a symbol, ultimately. Oh, yeah. And that, yeah. I mean, that, that, I mean, I always talk about this when we bring that up, is that that is the benefit of a movie or a movie trilogy is that it's finite. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to keep going on forever. Whereas comics, we're always going to have Bruce Wayne around. Even if they give us Dick Racing Batman for a few years... He's going to come back. We're going to reboot. We're going to reset. And yeah, but it it, it it's a break from what we've had for the last couple of years, at least since Steiner's been on him. Whereas mm. Batman's Batman because he's Bruce. Like nobody else can can fit that fill that role. And yeah. I I don't like I don't prefer that to this version where he's a symbol. And how can I be the best symbol? How can I inspire the most people to do the right thing? Because ultimately, that's why he's Batman, right? He wants to strike fear into criminals. That's what I, I loved about the end of that, um, the the I Am Bane arc, that that final mm-hmm. issue with you know yep. when he's talking to his mother. I loved that issue for that reason. Yep. Yeah, and honestly, I'd be down if you know a year's time once we've had another couple of arcs. If if Bruce is like, no, I'm I'm done, but nobody has to replace him. No one has to become Batman because right. he's left a solid team. And they are all. Well, let's be honest. Night or Nightwing. Damien's gonna put on that suit. Yeah. And it's gonna be he, too he big will, for he him. He will eventually. Yes. Like, oh, I'm talking right now at 13. Let's say he's oh, 14. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's gonna well try, and it's gonna be too big, and it's gonna be hilarious. And it's gonna be like in uh, in uh, Tomasi's Batman and Robin. You know the yeah. the, the shot where I'm where Damien's a kid. Yeah. yeah. He's got the big massive oversized cowl and cape on, and it is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. It's I like where it's going, and then with also with Barry, we know his issues with Wally, with both of them, have only gotten more complicated since this issue, you know, through through Titans and whatnot. So yeah, um, so let's talk about the, the final scene then. Well, actually, there's two scenes really at the end because there's, there's a break. There's because one it specifically says epilogue and then does another little thing. So we'll take them one by one. So the first one is we see the button. Which is now in this this place that that Thon died because that's where he went and that's where he yep. he died. He had the button on him, but the button's lying there, and we get a blue hand 
This is the thing. We've talked a lot about who this is, and we've talked. We've seen the effects of someone being disintegrated, but we've not actually seen them. Uh, First yeah, time we've had a hint of actual Manhattan. Yeah, even when Thorn's being destroyed like, in this issue, mm-hmm. I'd say it maybe doesn't even look that much like Manhattan. It's kind of it, it's blue, sure, but it looks very smoky rather than. Uh, anything yep. else like like the actual bit that's floating above him not when he's being destroyed like the bit that's floating and he's going oh wait i didn't know it yeah, kind of looks like some I, other entity i honestly think it is another entity per se i mean i i expect there's someone else there because thorn recognizes someone and i think that means something but i don't think the blue smoke is the entity i think that's just a atmospheric thing to th- make I us think, think it of manhattan is. i just mean it doesn't it doesn't actually look that much like manhattan when you actually think about it well, if you have any doubts, though, the, the end of the issue here kind of... Yeah. Well, I mean, one does not equal the other, is all I'm saying. So are you saying that Manhattan is a is a red herring here, and that Manhattan's I mean, involved, but he's not the perpetrator? Yeah, Manhattan is definitely at this place now, picking up the button, but that doesn't mean he was there for thorn and was that like i'm just saying one does not equal the other what if the big dad is martian manhunter just mimicking just mimicking manhattan well i don't want him to be a villain so i'd have a bit of a problem with that yeah i know but i'm just saying i just thought about it because everything points to mars since rebirth we don't know where manhunter is he can easily do different things because hey, he's... Actually, that's a good point. Maybe the reason why Martian Manhunter has been missing since Rebirth is because Manhattan's on Mars and he's got him trapped yeah. or something up there. Yeah. 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 So I'm just saying, there's, some reasonable there's thought. so much stuff at play here. Um, no, I mean, I certainly think there's maybe someone else involved that's not just Manhattan. I do think Manhattan was there, though, because the way it disintegrates looks like Manhattan disintegrating someone. It, it, and it always does. remember, Manhattan's easily manipulated. Like, yeah, he's this big powerhouse of a, of a character, but even throughout the Watchmen series, he's at others' whims, and that's mm. what causes him to leave and go to, to Mars in the first place. Yeah, and, and obviously we get the, the dialogue here, and you know, where he says From everything's... Watchmen. Yeah, everything's preordained. Yeah, so his is it, responses. Yeah, it's a specific. Quote he's not choosing to do anything. Yeah, well, he's not seeing this. No, this this is a flashback no, to no, dialogue yeah. in Watchmen uh, when he was talking to Laurie in the Moon. I think that was a scene anyway, if I remember right. It's been a while since I read yeah. it. Um, and he's talking about uh, everyone's a puppet. Every every response is preordained, kind of thing. Um, the only difference is that I can see the strings. I can see the strings on me. Um, yeah, as is just the dialogue, uh, which does imply. Or at least, I don't know if because even this dialogue, I think, I mean, we, we're suggesting oh, there's someone else. We, we, this there's, yeah, there's someone two else. ways it can but, go. But I think this this dialogue itself could also be a red herring, right? Be- because I just look at that as Manhattan was never the one pulling the strings, right? So what if he is now? Well, what yeah, if he's learned. I, I, I think you could read you know? it that way. I, I think because like the 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 whole like I can see why you would read that and go, oh, this is implying there's someone else controlling him. Right, mm-hmm. and I think that interpretation is there, but I could also read it as he realized that he was having his strings pulled, and he's become greater than that. That's why he's messing with all these realities now. Because and in now Watchmen, he's pulling the strings. Because in Watchmen, yeah, he's he's doing a lot of like big stuff, but he's not completely altering the fabric of realities and playing God mm-hmm. to that extent. This is much bigger. Like what he's done with Rebirth and New Fifty Two is much bigger than that. Yeah, I'd, I'd also say there is a, a third possibility as well. Just the the. The, the simplest surface level is that he just doesn't have a choice in what he's doing. He's 
you know, he sees all of time at once. So he's seen the future. So he's seen that he hmm. does this. So he does it. Yeah, he but at the same he's time, just doing it because he does. But if everything's preordained, why mess with Superman the way he did? Why remove it's... Why remove Mixipidilic? From the equation, if well, well that's what I mean. Could... From his perspective, maybe that's just he saw that's what he did, so he did it. Mm. Yeah, but now you've created a self-fulfilling prophecy. To be, oh, just to just yeah. clarify a point you made there is a uh, Mixie that may not have been Manhattan specifically with Mixie. That may have just been Oz. We don't know if Oz in Manhattan or in cahoots. God damn it! Just just to be just to be clear, just to make that. I know. Clear. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's just, uh, there, there's layers on top of layers. Yeah, Here. but it's funny you mentioned Superman, Matt. Let's talk about the epilogue, uh, <laughs> because we got a couple of pages. We see the button floating through space, right? Presumably sometime right. in the future. Nine panel grid as well, may I add, uh, uh-huh. and it alternates with just plain zooms black in. panels. Yeah, it zooms right in, and then you, you go to the next page, and it's just the red. But you notice there's like a almost a texture to it now, and again mm-hmm. it keeps going. It reels a bit more, and then you realise at the end it's the you know Superman emblem. It's the the House of L symbol. It looks a little bit beat up, you know. It's got some scratches in it and things like that, uh, and that's it. And there's, there's a little quote: uh, "There are poisons that blind you and poisons that open your eyes." Uh, August Strindberg said that. I don't know who that is, but no, neither. <laughs> um, I'm sure that's probably. Uh, obviously, you turn the page again. And it just says, of course, the big announcement: Doomsday Clock, and then the symbol for it uh, or the logo for it is the yellow sort of circle for the clock. It's got the last three sort of little dashes indicating, you know, uh, five minutes to midnight, nine eleven. I'm, no, I'm just trying to think of the times on the clock. I have to think about that there. Yeah. But yeah, but instead of instead of the twelve, it's the S. It's the Superman S, and it's the the clock's ticking towards S, which is clearly implying something that we've been saying since Rebirth started. This is all going to come down to Manhattan versus Superman. Yeah. That's what it's saying. So, uh, I'm just intrigued to see if, obviously, the clock there is at two minutes to midnight. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I want to see if that's a specific thing. Like, does that mean we've got two events still, maybe? Like, we've got this one and then one more to cap it all <laughs> well, I, I think that's going super conspiracy. I mean, I like it, but that may just be going, yeah. just put it out there. That may be going ten, super conspiracy. Well, that. Yeah. So, so. This was announced on Monday. Yeah. This is the big, huge news. Well, hold on. And... Let, me, let me just say the creative team before we yeah. go any further, just for yeah. full context here, because I, I, know, I know you're going to want to rave about this in a second. Uh, so it's coming in November 2017. It is going to be written by Jeff Johns. We don't know the issue count, but it's going to be written by Johns. Art by Gary Frank. It's funny, because just last week, I think it was, uh, we got news that he he was Frank just was finishing done. up the the action comics yeah. variants. He tweeted saying he was yeah, on his last one. Yeah, he's done. And we were speculating, oh, what what's he doing next? We really hope he's doing something. And well, Superman. He's uh, doing the most exciting thing he could possibly be doing. He's doing yep. the well, rebirth this event. <laughs> this is going to be in November, which is about eighteen months since rebirth started. Yes. yes. So, so is this this? You think this is the the capper on the two year event, or do you think? Like Connor said, this is setting up something it, it, later at the two-year mark. I think that depends a lot on the shipping schedule. Because if this is a uh, you know six issues, let's just assume, mm-hmm. and if this is uh, weekly, like just leave a Suicide Squad, then I'd expect something else in the summer. However, if this is monthly, that'll kind of bring us to about the two-year point. With Frank on art, I would think monthly. But then again, maybe they've got... I mean, because it's Johns and Frank who are not working on other books, maybe they're 
getting ahead. Well, that's it. Look, yeah. I mean, look how far ahead they've announced it now. Yeah. Yeah. And they've announced it. Maybe Frank's already started work on it for all we yeah. know. Yeah, because he, well, he said, too, that he's he's about done with Batman Earth 1 Volume 3. Hmm. So that's... I mean, Frank can just about schedule. just about handle a monthly book. Yeah. In terms of pacing schedules. Yeah, so that's he's starting right now. Yeah. Just for argument's sake, that's he's starting right now. So, so if he's May. doing an issue a month, let's say, because let, let's say it's forty pages. That, that, that's even right? that's even exclude May. Let's just start with a fresh full month. Yeah. Let's start with June. June, June, July, August, September, October, November. He has a six-month lead time about. I'm not yeah. good at math. Give or take, depending on when it comes out in November and you know when mm. he starts from now. Yeah, about six months. Needless to say, we are excited about Gary Frank doing this. Oh. This is exceptional no, good news. I, I am pumped for this. Because it, and also it revolves around Superman and the whole idea that the the, the crushingly like cynical logic of Manhattan versus the optimism and shining of Superman is the... I've- Perfect fate to have here. It's just. I feel like Manhattan is the Zack Snyder <laughs> stand-in, and I could not be more excited. <laughs> There's also a Doctor Frankenstein kind of deal because John's does you know he's he's in charge of creative right, and he's kind of let mm. Snyder have do whatever he wants with the movies, and and people you know it's ruined optimism for a lot of people in the movies. So I feel this is John's going, I'm going to make it right. I'm going to make it right the best way I know how. And that's through comics. Because, hmm. I mean... He, he, he's locked it and go, movies are a lost cause. I can't do anything. But I can yep. say I can do comics. Well, they're at least a lost cause until Snyder's Justice League is... Until off. the sky becomes red. That's mm-hmm. too far away. There's a crisis. Yeah. Yeah, we, and, and, well, we also got November. So... The, the biggest That's thing I'm point. looking forward to in November <laughs> is not Justice League, which it hasn't been in a very long time. It's Doomsday Clock. It's Doomsday Clock. Uh, and... hold, on, what, what, hold on, what are the chances, just in case we get too excited, what are oh. the chances that Doomsday Clock is actually just a clock with Doomsday on it? <laughs> I'd still be more excited for that than the movie. <laughs> That's <laughs> me, fair. Me too. Me too. But Johns has also said that the, the title had shifted from the Doomsday Clock to just Doomsday Clock, and it doesn't involve Doomsday, although the word choice is deliberate, right? Mm. But people are thinking, like, you know, Manhattan's going to meld with Doomsday. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I cracked a joke, but I never I, really, I never thought for a second yeah. that Doomsday himself oh, was I've going to it. be involved. I, I've yeah, seen it. I don't get that. I mean, place sometimes. The, 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 the Doomsday clock is such a thing, especially, yeah. I mean, it's so relevant to Watchmen as well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it is what it is. I, I uh, Clearly what I think this is, is I think... In the event, like Superman, you know the heroes are going to fight him because they're realizing that whatever the plan is, whatever he's weakened everyone for, that plan is about to be enacted. Like whatever the end game from Manhattan and whoever he may or may not be working with. And, and this is what I'm starting to think too is that if Mr. Oz is Ozzy Mandius, Adrian V, mm. then he is working in opposition to Manhattan because we know he was trying to strengthen Superman. We know that from yeah. early on. But yeah, that was the whole so, point of the, the Doomsday thing, right? The, exactly. right? the start of action was he wanted Superman to think smarter. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, I think, I mean, yeah, if it, if it is, even if it isn't Ozymandias, like, I feel like, yeah, he's, he's in opposition. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's not Ozymandias, but he's taken that name as like a a respect for him. Like he's gone, you, 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 you were the one who would 
fight against. What if it's Rorschach? Well, Rorschach Rorschach? technically should be dead. And he's learned... He got blinked out of existence, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but, like, timey-wimey, whatever. I I can't see Rorschach becoming that. I could see maybe Night Owl, like, doing it. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I could. Like, there's just so many of this that makes me want to reread Watchmen, which I wasn't a big fan of. I understand. This will be my... I think I will before this. I, th- I think yeah. before Doomsday Clock. I th- I'm going to say it now. I think is a, like a is a before, sort of, crap. yeah. I, I think a bonus thing we're going to do before Doomsday Clock is we'll do a Watchmen. So so video. I will say that I respect Watchmen as as an art, as a piece of art. What I don't like is what it did to comics and how self serious it tended yeah. to make certain things. Yeah. Um, it's and, it's and the same it, sort of thing as like a you know. The Blair Witch Project, where the the thing itself is really good and it, it's what it does, but its legacy kind of taints it. Well, not even that. I, I feel like the legacy of Watchmen, as as a story, because of how Moore wrote that, it does great because it works with all the different mediums, not just comics. Because mm. like there's there's prose in there, like you get the history of Night Owl and you yeah. get you know Rorschach's record and whatnot, and that was just all supplemental stuff at the time, which was weird. And then you get the the Black Freighter story in the back of all of them, and that adds to the whole thing. And I, I like what it did there, and it made comics like the serious art form that wasn't just you know superheroes and bright colors. It played with that gray there, but it also mm. you know it made like stuff grim and gritty cool. And this is how we have to do. This is what sells. Well, I say every, yeah. everyone tried to copy it, and it's not its yeah. fault that it was very good exactly. at what it did. It's everyone else trying yeah, to chase it. it, it it's, it's, not, it's not Christopher Nolan's fault that Warner Brothers are trying to somehow make another dark and gritty DC movie when but, they don't understand why then, that worked. Even then, you go back and watch the Dark Knight movies, and they're not dark and gritty. Like, sure, they're dark, and they have a reality to them, but... But like, you know what I mean, Matt? I think it's unfair to blame Watchmen. I know, but I feel like with the movies, I feel like the, the, the wrong director got the wrong message... Right, and I feel it's on the the director who they gave free reign to, you know, kind of like. I like right? how I like how I mentioned the movies briefly, and Matt's spinning right into that. He's yeah, like, I'm, he I'm going to have to. any excuse to, it, to well, shit on Snyder because he's also responsible for the Watchmen movie, which kind of fell on its face. Right, that should have been like one of the hugest things to adapt. I mean, <laughs> although it should it should have been an HBO miniseries, right? And he, you try to cram Probably, all that stuff yeah. into two hours. Well, three hours. I, I quite and, like the, the the long cut of it, which whatever it's called, the, the, the one cut. that's like three three and a half hours or whatever that is. I think uh, that's a pretty decent movie. But and but it, again, that's where the grim and gritty. It's on a meta level. The grim and gritty from the Watchmen movie has started to infect his other superhero movies. That you could argue don't need it. That's just there because that's what he wants to do. Yeah, it's the only thing he knows how to do. Right. Well, oh, and he, so again, he, he I feel really like this. That well, but. This is a response to that. This is. A, a man who lost his humanity by becoming the most powerful being in existence versus an alien who has become the peak of what it means to be human. And Zack Snyder got too much power and didn't know what to do with it, and, and exactly. he just got lost. Wow. He's learning very hard. <laughs> what, what happens? You get your second movie taken away, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very exciting. I just To have Superman be given this this pedestal 
to be to have Jeff Johns going. No, this is the one that the Manhattan is basically picking a fight with, right? Or yeah. vice versa. It's Superman going to be picking the fight with Manhattan? I think it'll be. Superman and that's why I feel this issue of honestly, well, when I, I think yeah. it'll be Superman picking the fight because I feel like Manhattan is going to underestimate him. I, I feel like he'll think his plan has like weakening them is of worked. Not a threat, nothing to be... And I think ultimately what the story's going to be about, it's going to be about the spirit, the human spirit overcoming this logic. And it'll be the heart of Superman and the heart yeah, of the heroes it's going that to wins. Be Superman, not on his own, it'll be Superman inspiring the, the universe to stand that's, against Manhattan. And that's what you want, because what does that symbol mean? Yeah. It means hope. And we've lost sight of that throughout this. And, the you know, the night's always darkest before the dawn. Joe, you know, you know so, I will say about this... Is obviously I think before this got announced, we were thinking, all right, so the next rebirth event is you know is metal. That's the next thing, and then we'll get something else a few months later. This is starting like two issues into metal. Well, yeah, I mean, when even when metal was announced, they were saying it's kind of this different thing where yeah. it's spinning off into different yeah. corners of the universe and exploring different things. So, and so, and so I like makes that. Sense I like that we can have both. Oh no, it's good that we can have both, but now it really yeah. does feel like oh, that's just its own. You know, weird and so wacky. Yeah, this is this isn't a rebirth event. This is a just a specific thing like they're, they're doing. That's so this is what I'm wondering, right? If we're if we're tra- tracing from rebirth to what was the next big thing? Was it the the Superman Doomsday story, or was it Justice League versus Suicide Squad? What was right, the next that's... big story there? That depends what you count, I suppose. Yeah, in terms of like right. actual event story things, technically. Suicide Squad. Because yeah. Doomsday yeah. was just the first arc of action, right? Yeah. Right, but I mean... I would say that... In, in the in the Rebirth narrative, yeah. I'd say that, and then yeah. you've got the, the stuff with uh, the in tech. With yeah. Tim. Right? Yeah. Well, so well, then you're looking at, at Reborn, and then the button, and now this. Doomsday but I don't think yeah. this is... This is the, the crown jewel. I think we're going to have one more big thing coming up. After this, after yeah, right, right before Doomsday Clock, I feel. Oh, bef- oh, I don't think there will be. I, I feel like the reason why this is the See, one that's I- ending with this big tease is because this is, like, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I feel like I'm not saying there's going to be no rebirth hints before Doomsday yeah, Clock. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking something along the lines of the Tim story, in that. that oh gets right, us yeah, there. I could, I could yeah. see that, but I, I don't think there's going to be another. Uh, oh. I mean, I can see there being like a countdown to Doomsday Clock, maybe the month yeah. before. Yeah, I can see it like maybe before Doomsday Clock starts, we have like Batman going on a mission to get Tim back, and that'll be like a, a part of the road to Doomsday Clock. Yeah, but it'll be a prelude rather than a separate yeah. thing, I'd imagine. Yeah, because when well, it gets I'm just that looking close, at, just as well. at how the beats of the story go in the long run of DC, and that this really is the two year plan, and it's been executed so well. Like, yeah. I'm. I'm so proud of DC right now. To come from where I was at the New 52 a year ago to this now, like, as a DC fan, it makes my heart happy. So I, I cannot agree with you more. It's, yeah. it's, it's exciting, it's encouraging, it's all these things. I um, And I think obviously we've been saying, oh, when, when's JSA and stuff coming back? I feel like this is probably the thing that's going to spin out into, like, I mean, we, we kind of called Batwoman and Super Sons and that, like, mm-hmm. Wave 2. I don't know if that really was. I feel like that was just like the next part of it, uh, Wave 1. Yeah, 1. 1.5. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Wave 2 is what comes out of Doomsday Clock. Yeah, I do yeah. too. 
So because we we have the Legion stuff to pay off, so we have the just society stuff to pay off. We still don't know where Shazam is. That was another thing I talked to Pete about. What if Shazam's involved with the whole magic? Yeah, uh, we did see him once. He was in uh, Constantine, I think, the first Hellblazer issue. He was. Yeah, it was him in Wonder yeah. Woman. I, I, it's the one thing I remember of that issue because I got excited because Shazam was in it. <laughs> Are you sure that wasn't part of the new talent showcase? Yeah, I thought it might have been the new. Because that was all. That was nah, all. I was... Nah, I'm sure it was. I mean, I, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure Shazam. Yeah. It was Shazam and Wonder Woman, uh, meeting up with. Well, anyways, him for some last reason. time, last time I've seen Shazam or Captain Marvel, Billy Batson, whatever you want to call him, the Wizard. Was with Gary Frank and Jeff Johns in the backups of Justice League, so I I just feel like they're saving him for something. And if you can, if we can get Captain Marvel slash Shazam with Superman versus Manhattan in some way, do you know like, that, that that's a point? Th- those backups never really paid off anywhere, did they? No, like, like the, the whole just, point was let's introduce Shazam and you know. You set it up ready, but it never in, really paid off. And it was great just as well. In, yeah, just into it added him to the Justice League just in time for the, the Trinity War and then yes. Forever Evil. But since then, he's fallen off the map. I mean, we don't know. Hmm. I mean, he was the god of gods in Dark Side War, but still, he's really not this prominent character. It, it, even in like that whole... In in that Justice League book, he never really was part. Even when he was part of the team, he wasn't. Uh, he never had anything real to do at any point. No. There was never so any story fun. that revolved around him. Nah. So, no. Nah, maybe he'll be prominent. Maybe he'll come into it and uh, and Doomsday Clock. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing for, for these new books. It makes sense to have, you know, the, the Legion come through Superman and this event. Yep. Uh, you know, th- these things just make sense. They're tied to him. I feel like if I was to make a prediction, I feel like both the Legion and the JSA will show up in either the last issue or the second last issue of the event because while Superman and the main players are fighting Manhattan, there'll be chaos in the streets and they'll need like reinforcements and it'll be when you know Joy Thunder finally can be the lightning rod to everyone I, I else. Think that, I think they show up with Superman. I think his... his... Whole I, I, thing will inspire them. Oh, they'll, they'll suddenly yeah. remember and come I, I out. Whatever. He'll be, Legion, maybe he'll be the lightning rod. Well, I feel that's why she's stuck. Saturn Girl's stuck because without the Superman to inspire the, that generation, there's no Legion. So if you have this dark world where it, it starts because the hockey players killed each other, or the one hockey player killed the other guy, right? And that's what she's freaking out about. Mm. If it gets that dark, that Superman. <laughs> oh. Dog and cat fight. <laughs> um, but if, if it gets that dark that he can't inspire, then there's no Legion. There's That that future's gone. And that's why Emerald Impress is stuck and Saturn is stuck. And then, because that's all what the Legion is. They were all inspired by Superman. So if you have this moment where they come back and they inspire him and there's like this echo thing and they help, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can see it both. I also wanted to see Wildcat just punching people. Just show up with the Justice Society. Just knocking out bad guys. Because Ted Grant's awesome. I, I expect some, uh, you know, proper standing ovation moments. You know, yep. unless, uh, it's just what Jones does in his events. He always has them at, at mm-hmm. various points. Yeah. I can see <laughs> it. I can see it. Um, 
All right, I guess that wraps up the Flash 22, which... That's one issue, guys! Oh, we knew that was yeah, going to last just, a long time, like eight though. Eight more, nine more yeah. to go, whatever it is. Yeah, but but we won't, don't have to go in depth as, as in depth, because that was our news, and that was that, and then we have our top tens yeah. at the end. Yeah, technically that oh. was that was a book and a big news item. That in was, the news. So, yeah. so, yeah, that's fine. That, that kind so of next book, Superman stuff happens, and then, you know, we get the next issue if there's a resolution. All right. <laughs> uh, Batman, Swamp Thing, Saw Brave in the Mold. Uh, very, 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 very funny about it. You're actually delaying things by doing your bit. <laughs> I know. All right, that'll take us on to Teen Titans number eight, our other crossover that's just got started. Just got started last week. We're in issue two of it now. Uh, this has got Benjamin Percy, Dan Abney, and Christopher Priest all listed uh, on the issue as writers, uh, and Koi Fam on art. So. Uh, this was the second part. This was kind of uh, it brought in the Teen Titans. Obviously, Damien's like, "Oh, our Kid Flash is missing as well," uh, and it's like, "Oh wait, I've been monitoring the Titans. Let's go talk to them because they're 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 flashing." I love mission. that. Love that the Damien has stuff set up at the other Titans Tower because he's Damien. Yeah, yeah, he does. of course he does. Yeah, that's, that's just who he is. Um, we see Slade kind of pretend to have car trouble to, you know, get close to young Wally and kidnap him. And that's kind of it. It was basically ju- really mostly, I mean, all on the teams, like, trying to, like, figure out where they are and, like, going to find them and mm-hmm. maybe teasing a little bit more of this, you know, Dick had an agreement with Deathstroke about something. We don't get to know what it is. He admits that he had one, but we don't, you yeah. know, get what the, the final sort of thing was. Because he had to do what was best for everybody, and that's what was best for everyone. Yeah. So Deathstroke yeah. basically tries to convince New Wally that uh, if he goes back in time, if he helps him go back in time and save his son, save Grant, uh, it'll change so much other suffering. He'll st- he will stop be Deathstroke. All this will end. All the rest of it. And uh, New Wally actually kind of agrees, but he uh, actually basically just tricks him into being jump-started, so Slade somehow yep. has stolen some of his Speed Force connection. Well, it has to do with the Icon suit and the gravity sheath, mm. uh, with working in conjunction with the Speed Force. Generally, I don't think it's permanent, right? Like, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, not sure at all. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's temporarily harnessing the kinetic energy, isn't it? I don't want to point yep. out uh, a really nice moment is when, uh, just before Wally agrees, or just after he's agreed, mm-hmm. uh, there's a great moment where there's a shadow of him on the wall, and it's like he's a, he's you know uncle slash father reverse flash kind of. Yeah, uh, I nice, know. That's, uh, that was nice. It's a nice little touch. Um, obviously, a big thing in this issue for Young Wally is that he feels like he can't trust anyone because not only did Barry keep the fact that he was Barry a secret, not only did his father yep. turn out to be not only well, it was his uncle. He thought it was his uncle. Turned out to be his father. Right. Also turned out to be a, a raving lunatic that was a super villain, and right. and, and dead. And now he's found out there's a second wallet that's been kept from him, like and you know Slade lied yeah. to him about who he was. He just feels that like he can't trust anyone. So I'm I'm glad that they didn't try to make this Wally Bart Allen 2.0. Mm. That they've he is his own character. He is young Wally, and he's gonna have the trust issues, and you know which is different from any other Flash, as far as I've ever read, you know. So I, yeah. I do like that. Yeah. My. My big negative of the story is I'm a little bit disappointed in it for what it is because being such a fan of the Deathstroke book, and I talked to Connor about this earlier in the week, is this does not feel like Priest Slade. 
And I don't mean just how it's written. I just mean it feels like a completely different character. No, uh, yeah, that that was it was kind of my problem. I mentioned it last week how it just brushed over all the events of that book. Mm, it's like, yeah. oh, he's not blind anymore. That that wedding stuff eh, doesn't matter. It just yeah. kind of picked up with this story, and I feel like it's exacerbated in this one where it's just to an extreme now. Where this, I don't understand why this Slade's in this mindset given where he was when we last saw him in his book. It doesn't make sense to me. Because I don't get like we haven't had any Grant moments in we, we were just getting to that yeah like we know that he fought the bear for his sons right but he's had a much more complicated relationship with joey than he did with grant like it seems like grant was just the hothead that went off and got himself killed and now slade's feeling guilty about it but still like is it possible i mean I, i'm just playing devil's advocate here yeah but, uh, i've not read the last few years of the deathstroke yet so i i'm not quite in the same place as you two in terms of feeling this way uh i don't doubt that you're right though uh but yeah. um but is it possible that in the next issue because next issue is deathstroke next week's issue is Death, the deathstroke issue yeah. is it possible that that's got like maybe some flashbacks to like just before this arc that maybe sets up why he's doing this I hope it does a lot. In in the same way that, you know, this issue opened with it went back and showed us how Wally was involved yeah. in Wally. Yeah. I hope that this does the same in Deathstroke where it goes back to the end of the wedding and tells us, right, from there, why does Slade do this? What causes yeah. this? Because after Cause all... The story... Go I was going to say, after all, the, the way Priest tells his story, he likes to jump around quite a bit and, like, you know, give you yeah. parts out of order. So, even though this one feels a little bit more jarring because it's in a crossover, it's different writers involved, and it maybe doesn't feel like it connects the same way because the tone's a little bit different, maybe it'll kind of click together once you, you get the full puzzle. Yeah, yeah it might. It's just, it fits in with the Judas Contract stuff. Like, this is, this is a Slade that I'm familiar with from reading Teen Titans, in John's Teen Titans and watching the TV show, you know the ones that's at constant odds with, with them. But from the guy that we got recently, it's just it's so weird to be him so focused on Grant just out of nowhere. Yeah, it makes it hard to read his part of the story. Which I like the rest of it. I like the rest of the Titans yeah. having to come to terms with Dick keeping stuff from him, and then um, I liked all the fun banter between Tempest, like, the, the various yeah. members, like you know, like. The, you know, the, the, the whole rooftop sequence the whole rooftop yeah. sequence is fun Donna holding up Damien and then like Beast Boy trying to grab him back and then some of the other stuff like uh, Donna and Starfire being like oh we should be running these teams and yeah. like, just, just all, 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 all the little exchanges between the counterparts yeah. as well like uh, Tempest to Aqualad like oh, yeah, so what are you Atlantean or something and he's like I don't really know what trying to replace me yeah, yeah. it was yeah. it's when it's when Damien shouts Titans together and they're like, really? Yeah, can he do did, that? Did he, did he just <laughs> he actually do, do that? that? Yeah. Um, so no, that's just, obviously the, we end with them finding the Wallies and Slade's got some speed force powers and new Wallies right. like, oh crap, I'm sorry. That was my bad. I really shouldn't have helped him. That, that speed force sword is cool as shit though. It is. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, I actually, I like the art as well. I've been I've been quite happy with Art and Teen Titans uh, throughout with uh, Koi Fam. Uh, my only re- one sort of minor criticism is I think he's slayed without the mask is a little bit weird. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to seeing him in the you know in the, the Deathstroke book and it's such a different. Because yeah. I feel like Teen Titans has a much more youthful kind of cartoony look to it. So yep. Slade mm-hmm. feels kind of out of place mm-hmm. in that sense because I'm used to him looking really serious and grim and 
like part of this, you know, dark mm-hmm. book. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, but uh, it's a minor thing. But it's there's there's maybe the one thing that stuck out to me in that sense. Uh, I mean, it was, it was it was enjoyable. Other than every every t- thing I'm reading of it, I'm just disconnected because of how separate feels from Deathstroke, which out of the three series is probably the one I've been enjoying the most, and it's the one I'm most invested in. So it it feels like the the Titans and the Teen Titans feels very much in line with it, but mm-hmm. the, the Deathstroke stuff just feels so divorced that I I'm reading it disconnected because of that. I wonder if that's just a symptom of because Priest is writing such a a non-superhero a book. Style of book. Yeah. yeah, it is possible. Though. Yeah. So maybe once you start crossing them over, it starts to feel like it's, it's jarring with the styles a little bit. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, that's Teen Titans, though. So um, we got through that much quicker than the forty odd minutes we went on. Yeah, right. <laughs> on Flash. <laughs> so we'll look forward to the next part next week. Uh, hope you are too. Uh, next up, Batman number twenty-three. Tom King writing and Mitch Gerrard's on art. Uh, it's called The Brave and the Mold, as Matt pointed out earlier, which is a really fun pun. <laughs> um, it is. And this is a little sort of, kind of, you know, murder mystery. Uh, this guy gets killed, and it turns out that it's actually Swamp Thing's biological father. Uh, he never yeah. really spoke too much. He, he met him, like, once, I think they say in the in the book. Mm-hmm. And so stepdad raised him as yeah. his own, you know. So Swamp Thing shows up in Gotham to this murder, this crime scene, Uh out of something on the table, I guess it was like a small plant or something on the table. Yeah. But um, you can do that when you're hooked into the green. Yeah. You know? uh, it, was, it was nice. This, I, I think the thing that sticks out to me most about this issue is how much I'm starting to really appreciate Mitch Gerrard as an artist. Because the other two that he did a while back were uh, see, really good. I, the thing that stands out to me the most is how much Tom King loves Kite Man. Oh, no, that's great as well. Hell like, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! That's all right. It, it, it's, falling. it's it's the only way I'm gonna read Kite Man yeah. from now on. Every it's, every time yeah. someone says Kite Man, I just go hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the and, only and response. So, he's great. I love it. I love this running. I, I'm loving gag. King on these on these smaller issues like this, like even the rooftops, which I had some problems with just because of how his his relationship between Catwoman and Batman is for me. But there's full of great small little moments around Gotham. This had the same. You know, uh, and with like Gordon interacting with Swamp Thing too. Yeah, that was pretty it fun. Was, it was pretty fun. Or even that yeah, Alfred like sweeping up like because he, he's getting annoyed because there's so much like you know just plants and bits of twigs there, and stuff around it, the house. Yeah. And remind me, there's there is a scene with Swamp Thing in the Batmobile, right? There is. Like, yeah, because yeah, it's a great exchange. He's like, uh, "Why do you even need a car?" He's like, "Why do you need a body?" Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Good yeah. point." Yeah. Do you know, yeah. I, I love the the format of this, you know, where it's split into the, the chapters that last, you know, page, yeah. two, three pages, whatever, each one, they're, they're varying length, but... Like, it really they, makes he, it feel like a one-shot yeah. story. Yeah. yeah, he really manages to break down, yeah. like, this is this is a complete story in, you know, 20-odd pages, and it feels like it has multiple parts because of the way it's structured. Actually, I, I want to talk about the Kite Man scene, not, uh, not just for the, the same reasons why we love it, because Kite Man, this Kite Man running thing is great, yeah. but... The, just the actual momentum of because you know Batman basically because they figure out that someone had to come through the window because this guy was murdered right. so many floors up on the eighty fourth floor. Yeah, and this gives them the idea that either if Kite Man himself wasn't involved, that maybe he you know gave his kite a kite to someone, 
And Maybe he was just flying around and saw what happened. Possibly, yeah, possibly. But he basically jumps on them and they're on free fall. And Swamp Thing like sort of prepares like a net for them. Uh, but Batman's interrogating them as they're free falling through the air. And the whole yep. thing is just gorgeous. And just there's so much like speed and momentum as they're, as they're going down. Um, I loved it. I love the color scheme as well. It's all these like sort of uh, blues and greens. It's a very sort of it's kind of like the the cold concrete of the city mixed with the greens of Swamp Thing. It was quite a yeah. Nice it, thing it, the yeah, they clash, but they go together really well too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because like, uh, for example, you mentioned the scene in the Batmobile. Uh, the exterior shots are all really blue, but the interiors are all really green. And I guess that's because they're in a close space with Swamp Thing, and he's making the whole. Place, yeah, that, that also happened even on uh, the variant cover. I think it was the sale. Um, it's the the top half yeah. of Swamp Thing is is all green where he's brought in, and the bottom's kind of blue where Batman is, and it's like this this meeting of the worlds just in the colours. It's great. Hmm. Yeah, obviously it ends. They find they find the culprit, and Swamp Thing, despite promising he wouldn't, actually immediately just kills the guy. He like puts veins and stuff in him, and just takes my part. Batman tries to like yell throws him. flowers out of his eyes and yeah. it is gloriously horrific. And you know, obviously Well it's almost like he couldn't control himself. Yeah. And obviously Batman's, you know? Batman's pissed at him. This this is why I said this is a kind of a neat follow up to how uh, the button ended is because uh Swamp Things all oh, my father, you don't understand and like, you know, my father sent me letters, I never read them and like and Bruce is like Do you know who I am? Like, right. I, I have the, the monopoly in this city on tragic, like, parent deaths and dealing with it. You know, I, I did yeah. the whole, you know, the simple connection of the letter as well. well. I think it goes one step further than that. It goes back to, obviously, that, that story that something told him about how the reason he wasn't mourning is because he's still alive in the green. It's, it's you know, right. there is an afterlife because he is the afterlife, essentially. Oh, yeah, because he even, even talks about how anyone who dies, like, they go into the dirt and they kind of, they almost live again in a different way. They, they contribute to life. Right, exactly. Right. And that, the, the, when he, it turns out, no, he is upset, he is emotional, and that is this, it, it's, that isn't comforting enough for him. Batman, right. he, it's almost like for the, the duration of this issue, He's bought into this thing that that's where his parents are, and it's like okay, his parents are in a better place, and he's he, it's helping him cope with that. But then seeing Swamp Thing just be like, no, it's not, it's not actually important. It was just something I was telling myself. Kind of breaks Bruce a little bit, like where yeah, well, he loses he, it so quickly. Yeah, well, he calls him a coward, and I think I think the whole idea that Batman up until this, where he's kind of maybe believing this for this issue, has always like fought against like just like giving into his emotions. Like he's he's. Like, you know, he doesn't take the easy way out. He doesn't just kill it. But Swamp Thing believes this thing, and then immediately, as soon as the feelings overtake him, he just throws it all away and just does exactly what Bruce has fought against his yeah. entire life. Yeah. But right. it's it's that moment where Bruce says to him, you, you have to tell me. Tell me that my mother and father are falling back into life. He's so desperate to, to cling to some notion of a, like a quantifiable afterlife, something where they are there somewhere. Yeah, but of course, like because of the thing he just went through, where he's seen his father, and like he, he's, he's, he's all these doubts and feelings have came back up for him, and now, now he's going through this story. It just like yeah. everything just nicely ties into how, where he is in terms of his uh, his character arc right now. It just uh, definitely very neatly. Dude, he's vulnerable. Yeah, it's funny because I think you go, oh, there's going to be a one shot, you know, between the arcs where it's like him and Swamp Thing. Uh, I think there's a two issue wrap up to the Bane thing next before we get to uh, War of Joking mm-hmm. Middles. 
but like you're like, oh, it's a one shot with oh, it'll be a fun little thing. Uh, it won't you know connect to anything overall. But no, sure enough, it thematically links right in. Yeah, yeah. absolutely does. So, yeah. uh, any further thoughts? Uh, love the art again. Yeah. Gerard's is great. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, we I mean I think we said it for when it was he was on rooftops and we just praised it so much. And I, I do think it worked a little bit better for rooftops, you know, the the Dark Knight, uh, you know, the romantic story compared to this, where it's still very good. I just I think uh, it works a little bit better for that other stuff. I think it works for both. I, I think, I mean, I probably agree that uh, the rooftops one works a little bit better, but I feel like here, because of the, it's like a somber mood, I think it... Oh, yeah, it still works, yeah. just not quite as well as the... the the sad romanticism of, of the Catwoman story just added this extra bit for the art for me. Hmm. Okay. All right, uh, that'll take us on to Superman number 23, Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason writing Doug Mank eh, on the art. And you know what? I actually, when I was taking down the names for this, I actually triple-checked that there wasn't another artist. No, no. I did. I, I just did the same as well. I think it's the Inkers. I, it I is really just do. three Inkers, okay. including Monkey himself. And I'm I'm blaming one of those inkers. I don't know who's the the odd one out, but something is different with Mankey's art in this issue. It is not up to standard. It, well, I th- I think it's inconsistent in the issue itself. I think the there's yeah. three. I think it's three double page spreads uh, or double page yeah. layouts in the middle. Yeah. And I think they look pretty rough, especially the last one. Uh, and not even just the the art. I think that I think the layouts are a little bit overstuffed. It, it was kind of reminding me a little bit of those Superwoman issues we complained about, where there was too many mm-hmm. panels on some some of the pages and things like that. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's pages early on. If you go to the the page after the credits title sequence, uh, you've got Clark at the bottom saying, "I don't care what you call me." It's as close upon his face. Mm. I think it looks really ugly. But then you go to the next page. And it's it's you know the top, at least the top half of the page that stuff looks pretty great. I, I just I don't get it. It's so inconsistent. Yeah, it really is. I think so. Yeah, I think that was obviously the one main problem we all seem to share. I had another couple of little problems. I think this was maybe a a bit of a misstep of an issue in some ways. I think I think there's nothing wrong with a lot of the ideas. I think some of the execution is a bit flawed. I think yep. Superman's voice is actually a bit off at the start of the issue. I um, think it's really... Mm, you know, uh, so yeah. we're cutting back between him and Lois, and he's like, oh, I can't take a chance smashing the stasis tubes until I have a better handle on it. And there's there's all these bits where he's kind of talking to himself, and it's the sort of thing we'd normally get in the, the narration boxes, and him just saying it to himself just feels weird. It doesn't feel like this is the Superman we've been seeing for the last year. No, odd. but I feel that's I feel that's the uh, feel like that's by design because of what's going on, what's revealed at the end. Quite possibly, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just no, because I, I that's how that character works. Because I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, no. We'll we'll get to that in a second. And I, th- I think yeah. I, I think if you've got a problem with some of the events in this book, this issue, that may be something that's rectified when we find out more about what's going on and what's causing what mm-hmm. and things like that. So I, I don't want you to maybe. G- go too much on that, barring one or two couple of things. The complaints I'll have about all the stuff that happens, though, because he, he comes up and Cobb's with Lois and he fights Cobb a bit and that's when he sort of loses his temper. Mm-hmm. Then they fly off to the town because there's stuff, there's monsters showing up and he has to try and deal with that. And that's when we get to all these double page layouts where it's, you know, there's like three in a row. Yep. I didn't think these pages f- 
uh, flowed together very well at all. There was moments where mm. I had to like go back and look at the last panel to just understand what just happened. Uh, there was no real flow to it. It just the whole thing was just kind of rough. The art didn't look that great, um, and it felt almost really random to a point. And I kind of obviously I, I get who the, who this team of characters like. These people have been pretending oh. to be the sheriff, the doctor, or whoever else in the town. I get well, who they are. Not pretending they were. Like, that's... This is what gets me the whole time. There was really never any hints about this. Like, all we got was cop. Like, it wasn't mm. until this arc that we got that, oh, the police chief's a little off and the mayor's a little off. Yeah. yeah. Even I in, mean, like, the fair issue, you could have seeded it there a little bit. I guess the you know. earliest was maybe with the Frankenstein issue with Lois when she was doing her little bit. There was yeah, like little the, bits there. With the women, because that yeah. woman's one of yeah. them, yeah. Yeah. But she was an alien, you know? That's true. That's true. So, um, but yeah, so that, that's my main problem with it. I like where it goes, but I, I like, like what, Pete said, the execution here. Yeah, I, I like kind of the idea that's, that it's behind it all. I like some. I think some of the execution is off, and I also think the moment that happens with Lois at the end of this big action sequence, where something randomly flies off a monster and takes off her leg, it just felt really random and forced for shock value. I, I, I just. Yeah. It didn't feel like it built up to it. It didn't feel like they played it like a proper moment where it was the focus <laughs> of what was going on. It was just like, oh, here's another random thing that's shocking. That's probably because it hasn't I, really happened. I, I agree, yeah. but this is this is the thing: is even if it hasn't really happened, they should still play it like it is. No, I agree. It's the the reason they're probably not is so that when you get to the the stuff at the end, you go, "Oh, maybe it didn't happen." You look back at it and go, "Oh, that's why." You're supposed. I think that's the intention, but I don't think it works. It, it doesn't work. And I, I've yeah. seen some people this week uh, online where a little they felt they felt like Lois had been kind of mistreated. It was just this kind of random thing where she's just hurt, like without a chance of even. Because mm-hmm. oh, because so far Lois has, has been a very strong character in this book. Even at the start of this issue, she's like trying to fire blasts off to yeah. uh, Cobb and stuff. And here it just kind of feels like oh no, random thing, legs off, vulnerable as hell, kind of thing. I mean, I'm gonna argue against it a little bit in the sense that it's random. The what? The, it, I don't think she was mistreated in the sense there wasn't anything she could do against it. That was kind of the the point, and you know that that's. That's that's the thing there. For yeah, but it's, yeah, but that's the that's, that's the problem though. It's it's purely told and not built up properly, so it doesn't feel like it's an own story point. It it legitimately feels random and in a really unsatisfying way. It feels like it's just there for shock value and to make her vulnerable so that Superman has to like care about it and so John cares about it because that that's the whole thing here is that it's manipulating more John than it is anyone else because we obviously yeah. we find out at the end we we get hints yeah. of it throughout the issue that someone's with John, John's captured and watching these events uh, unfold. It turns out the the villain that's with them, who we kind of obviously we knew this because it leaked a couple of weeks ago, and we didn't mention it on the yeah. show because spoilers and it wasn't nope. public knowledge. Uh, well, it wasn't supposed to be public knowledge anyway. Yeah, yeah, we, we we talk about it if it's in actual official news articles, solicits, whatnot. Yeah, but yeah. If, it's, um, if it's a leak. But that, this was a uh, Manchester Black is the, the villain behind yeah. all this, and he 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 wants he, he yeah obviously has a very different idea of as to how to be a hero and how to like protect the world, and it's more hands on and less about hope than Superman is, and he's trying to like groom John to become this what he thinks Superman should be rather than yep. what Superman is, uh, and that's fine. I, I just I I did think the leg taking off was just really like ooh shock value. Oh, it is show value, but I think it's... I like it from John's perspective, because yep. 
that's that's his mom. That's the, you know that's the person he cares about most in the world. Yeah. And, and he, and he, he couldn't he do anything this, to stop it. Yeah, and he sees this horrific event. That, that's, that's a fine idea. I just think the execution is kind of garbage. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't no, no, I, 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 I to go back and double check because of what had happened. Because I didn't know if like Superman had caused that from fighting the creature. Yeah, I'm still not entirely sure. So, but but we know that this this milk and stuff induces hallucinations and whatnot too, because we've seen all yeah. that. With John down in the swamp and whatnot. Yeah. No, that's... So, I mean, I, honestly, I can't yeah, trust I, I, anything that I'm saying. I wouldn't be surprised if absolutely everything in this issue is just something that John's seeing and n- nothing else. Yeah. I would... And that makes sense it. to why the, that's what he thinks his dad's saying. You oh, know, Matt, Mike, like, there's... Yeah, I mean, I guess if that is in John's head as well, then I guess I can excuse it a bit more. It... it Definitely explains why there's no narration boxes because he wouldn't hear a narration box, right? So yeah, yeah, I can buy that. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a fair point. I, I think it all just comes down. I mean, obviously there's some problems with the art, but I, I think even just from a writing perspective, the the execution here is really kind of off, and yeah. it just it doesn't quite fit. And obviously, this has been a great run f- pretty much throughout. So it's not like I'm. I'm not worried now. Like, okay, they've had one misstep. Like, I'm sure we'll be back on track in, in an issue yeah. or two. Even if the rest of this arc is a little bit off, I'm sure, you know, get to the next one, we'll be fine. There were flaws in the art and the story and whatever, but there's still some pretty cool moments. Like when Superman finds out Lois is in danger from Cobb and flies up to the ground and he, he surfaces and his eyes are glowing red and he's ready to mess mm-hmm. some people up. I really like that. I thought that... It was, no, it was okay. Really cool. I, I thought the first few pages, and then maybe the last page, were like, the, the standout like The designs of the the super elite and stuff, I'm just like, okay, this it's all coming from out of nowhere. I'd rather just have them been big monsters, you know, than just, not, not the super elite, but like just these big monsters coming from out of nowhere, and if they're all just Manchester Black, hmm. just messing with everybody, you know, then yeah. that's it. And, and how does Frankenstein play into this? And I'm sure all that will... It was just a, an oddly paced issue. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I think this was... The, it was a weird misstep of an issue. It was just, there was a lot of weird things wrong with it. From a storytelling point of view, from an art point of view, um, yeah. I'm not quite sure what happened. Maybe this was a, you know, rushing an issue out because they were maybe falling a lot behind schedule and this one took the hit. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. But... Uh, but hey, uh, I'm sure they'll bounce back soon enough. So um, That'll take us on to Green Arrow, number 23, which is written by Benjamin Percy, art by Johnny Faria, uh, next part of the Rise of Star City. Uh, this, this issue is harder to describe because it bounces between like three or four... Like, kind of Everybody. Scenes. Yeah, it's... it's, yeah. it's I wouldn't say it's unfocused. I feel like it is, it's, it's a very intentional... Like Everything's been set up for the next part, but it's... It is bouncing around what, a lot of different things. What cracks me up in the grand scheme of things is you see in comics all the time that like hmm. these fictional cities of heroes get destroyed, and then they'll like they'll relocate to an actual city for a little while. Like when when Nightwing leaves Gotham in the New Fifty Two and goes to Chicago, you're like, oh, okay, that that's weird. I guess they exist. And here, it's always been that Green Arrow was in Seattle, so it's weird to see these places I've actually been to show up in a comic book and are getting destroyed 
you know, the airport and the Space Needle and just all this. It's just, I don't say weird again, but I can't find another word. And so I like that Percy's doing that. I like that he's telling a different kind of superhero yeah. story that is a well, classic story. Well, if if Seattle's going to become Star City, like taking away its one monument that everyone recognizes, like, you yeah. know, do you look at the skyline of Seattle? What's the one thing, you know, it makes it Seattle? It's, it's that Space Needle. Boom. Yeah. That's gone. All right, it's not Seattle anymore. <laughs> Might as well yeah, name it something else. So it's just the fact that Star City has never existed in the current universe is weird, too. Yeah, that is a bit weird, but hey. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're getting it. And there's a whole underground city to Seattle as well, so I'm sure that might play in. You know, that they just kind of built over after the fire. Uh, I will say, um, if I, mean, I, I always praise John Fryer's art, but I will say if he wants yeah. to keep drawing scenes of people in the rain, he can keep doing it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm okay to keep... I still... You know, every, yeah. every issue he ever draws, if he wants to just have it rain constantly, I'm cool yeah. with it. Also, his arsenal looks pretty great too. Mm. Like, he makes the hat and glasses look very uniform. You know, it looks like they belong on him. It's not just like he found them on his counter and put them on. Like, so I did feel other artists do that. Here, it makes it just part of the thing. Uh, my favorite uh, moment, I think, is between Roy and Emmy talking about the Red Arrow name. He's like, yeah, I haven't had any luck with that name, but you can try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was one of the threads. The other threads were uh, uh, Black Canary was talking to the reporter who was like investigating all this stuff, and she <laughs> learned some bits and pieces. She's got a, a schoolgirl crush on yeah. Ollie. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Dinah's not letting that go. She's she's keeping no. an eye on her. Dinah just being petty to to the news girl. After getting on Ollie about being petty in the last issue, I, I love that sense of irony. I'm mean, granted they're being petty about different things, but I think that makes her more of a fleshed-out character. It's like a flaw. It's oh, like, of course. You know, like sometimes people are a little bit hypocritical, or like it's, well, it's depth. It's, she deep down she does love Ollie, and that's why she got yeah. so frustrated with him and the decisions he's made. So to see this other woman kind of be like, "Oh yeah, Ollie, he's he saved my life." It's yeah, uh, great. So that was that plot thread. Obviously, Ollie himself is a uh, sort of discovers, uh, you know, the base has been burned down, and yeah. uh, where's Fife? He does not know. In fact, one probably my favorite panel of the book is him like on his knees, like in the rain. Oh, like, yeah, with the glasses, destroyed. assuming he's dead. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's great, great stuff. Obviously, we do actually see Fife as well. We see uh, he's with Broderick, and Broderick's trying to like seduce him over to the dark side. Think of all the cool technology you can build with us. It and, is. This, this is the yeah. Emperor talking to Luke kind yeah. of stuff here. Which, by the way, I actually yeah. really like that page. And I, I'm sure it's more of a digital effect in Photoshop, but the fact that mm-hmm. like the, the panels are out of focus when he's got his glasses off, and then he gives yeah. him glasses and then they're in focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, I thought Percy killed off Fife. And mm. I got super worried. Like... Oh, no, there was no body, so I was like, oh, he's not dead. I, I wasn't yeah. expecting to see him this issue, admittedly. Yeah. I thought I was going to save it, but I was... It would, I didn't think I'm there was gonna, any danger. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I thumbed through to make sure he was still alive. Oh. Because <laughs> had he not, I was going to have to mourn. And, you know. You just have to stay, wait there and mourn with Ollie. Yeah, exactly. Which I loved. I loved that Ollie was broken by it. Like, he... It really took him off his game. No, which, if that's what the message or the, the mission was, it worked. Yeah, because uh, then he just... 
takes it to Eddie Fire. Yeah, Eddie Fire like, comes out, shows up. Well, he's already kind of there because we knew he burned the place. Yeah. But how, how many guns are there and all he gets into a fight and uh, nice big punch uh, spread. I want to point out, actually, just speaking to how good characters look in the rain, there's a great panel of Emmy. She's standing in front of, uh, uh, of Arsenal and her, her, her hair's wet in the pouring rain. It's just, it looks great. <laughs> it's like, I'm yeah. just looking through it and looking at panels and going... Do you know what I love most about this, the art in this? It's the the layouts that he does with the the red and green mm. but like over the whole page. So the first one is, uh, you know, the three at the bottom. And yeah. so you've got the arrow pointing down. Then the next one is the double page spread. You've got the, the red, uh, the red, like an arrow pointing up. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you have the final one where the actual arrow is the red in the middle. Middle, yeah. but uh, I think it's just uh, fantastic. This final three pages just works yeah. all the same layout. It's, just... He kind of how, how do you pronounce his name, Pete? Freya. Uh, <laughs> Freya. I, I see. Freya. Yeah. He's it, really it, it's, giving... it's how Pete's been saying it. Doesn't mean it's right. It, well, that it sounds right to me. But Connor, but I say given... it with confidence, and that's the important yeah. part. You sound exactly. confident. It's it's giving. Uh, you just made me Sorrentino. A run. Yeah. That's been my favorite mm. artist on Green Arrow in good some time. And he's given him a run for money uh, for, for a lot of the same reasons. This, how cool the layouts look, how well he he draws atmosphere and action. And yeah, it's the way they play with color here. as well. And also, mm-hmm. I want to point out, the uh, obviously, all the red stuff you were mentioning, all these, these red and green layouts. The red is like Broderick, like a proper evil businessman playing golf yep. in his skyscraper. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> Which he and he has this. Like, I actually didn't notice this until now, but is he's, he's teeing up his golf ball, the space needles in the background, and it's almost like that yep. is the tee. That's the yeah. yep. Yeah, it's the target too. Like yeah. he's lining it up. It's actually a pretty cool touch. I like that because it, because it, of the shape of the needle, it does actually almost look like a golf ball, like tee. It it almost has right. that shape to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm wondering because they keep bringing up Diggle, so it's not like he wants us to forget about him. You think he comes back with Merlin and kind of helps save the day? Kind of the, yeah, he's kind of the cavalry. Does Merlin come back and go, "Hey, I used to be Rajal Gill," <laughs> and he saves the day? Uh, poor Connor's liver. <laughs> you say that, but Malcolm Merlin's probably the best part of the show. Yeah. Uh, that said, one of the new rules we had a couple of weeks ago because because do you remember the season three? Uh, about season four, they they were saying the word bloodlust a lot. Like it was like every That's episode. I stopped watching. Yeah, so it was like Thea every episode, bloodlust, bloodlust, bloodlust. They wouldn't shop about bloodlust. And a few weeks ago, I said, "Well, I've not mentioned that in a long time. If they ever say bloodlust again, you have to down your drink." And he agreed to that condition. So of course, this mm-hmm. week's episode. It was going so well. It was such a nice, easy episode because I had like seven eights of the of drinks of, of the rules like last couple of weeks. And this one, I was like halfway through, and they'd given me nothing, and then they dropped that. I can and always I tell went, when Connor's watching bitch. Arrow because uh, his spelling and grammar takes a massive hit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. I-, I challenge you to remain sober enough to spell once you have that much alcohol yeah. in you. Well, I have fat thumbs, so I already yeah, have you, you're, you're awful anyway. <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, this issue too. Yeah, uh, to, to take it back to Green Arrow. Joe, the... Joe, Joe, what I like about it. See, see the final mm-hmm. page. Obviously, we said it's like the red arrow going down, and then you've got yep. all the people in the green around the arrow. Inside the arrow, it's a space needle blowing up, uh, and the rest of it. It's all the different characters reacting to it. Obviously, Broderick yep. smelling like an evil maniac. The rest are all like, oh shit, 
Shocked. That's coming down. Because, I mean, the, the, the idea, no, no matter where you are in the city, you can see this. Like, you can yeah, see it, this this happening. That's basically true. Yeah. Um, but do you, what I, do you what I like about it as well? I like how this page just kind of summarizes the issue because it was all these different people in different locations. But, you know, it was all mm-hmm. separate stories. So the idea in this final page, it's them literally bro- broken up by lines, but then they're all being united by seeing this one thing happen. It's just a really neat structural thing. Yeah. I like it. It's cool. Yeah. Yep. Strong. Strong work there, Adam. Yeah. Arrow team. Yeah. I actually like that actually a lot more after talking about it. Not I didn't like it yeah. before, but like... I, oh, I, I, yeah. On, on Wednesdays, I make it my last read because it's been so consistent. Yeah. So I can I can end my work day, you know, on a, on a high note and it did not disappoint. Cool. Uh, that'll take us on to Nightwing number 21 and I was a little bit worried before I read it because it was not the usual writer we had Michael Mc- McMillan writing it and Christian yep. just I, I guess this is a little fill-in because it's just a one-shot kind of thing mm. uh, I guess yep. the regular team's taking a taking an issue off to sort of get ahead but, but there was nothing to worry about there was uh, yeah there wasn't uh, my only honestly my only real complaint would be a little you know the, occasionally the dialogue sounded a little bit 90s like I, th- I thought maybe yeah so but it makes oh. it stand out as a one shot so this will be yeah. one of those issues that we can go back and be like hey remember that really fun issue with nightwing and wally teaming up yeah my my only real problem i think is you know when when dick's like hey you should go hit on those girls and it's like aren't you, aren't you kind of in in a relationship with, with problems right now oh, yeah, hold on. weren't you worried she was knocked up but uh, yeah. To, on, to be fair, to be fair, he doesn't say Esco hitting those girls. He does say it's been a long time since I've been the wingman. He is he's definitely implying that it's for Wally to hook up with someone and he's just going to help. That's what it sounds like. Sure, sure. It just the way the way it comes up kind of. That's fair. Like. No, it is fair. But I'm just I'm just clarifying the the exact uh, also intention. That bartender is a pretentious knob. <laughs> but but I've I've heard of this type of thing. About mixology classes, and mm. you know, I love that they just want a basic, easy drink, and you know, because most people do. I actually, I love seeing when I'm in a place where the barman is like you fancy like that, and he's doing all these, you know, he's throwing his bottles around and these sh- mixers, yeah. and he's shaking things and you know, spinning them around. I like ignoring them, and just but making it clear that I'm ignoring them, just, just to let him know I'm not impressed because he's he's wanting to attention. Would you like to drink, sir? And he just Pete just turns around from the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say my order and then turn my back to him because you know what? No, no, no! You're begging for my attention. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing Dude, it. We, we go to tiki bars. No, not a lot, but we we like tiki bars. And I just order a pineapple juice since mm. I don't drink. And so my wife will order some really cool named tiki drink, and her friend will. And I'll like, yeah, I'll just take a pineapple juice. So some like, places. What do you want in it? Just just juice. Yeah. Cool. Ice, maybe. So, yeah, I, I'm typically really boring because I don't drink either when it comes to ordering at the bar. That said, some places you go, they do like fancy milkshakes, so maybe I'll, you know, I'll have a milkshake, yeah. and that's when they try to impress me because they're like, oh, I'll get the, you know, like. You know. Uh, honestly, I, I I drink a lot as as we've talked about, but not not really cocktails so much. Yeah. It's, it's rare I'll go, I'll, I'll get a cocktail. So uh, you know, good. for me, it's just just give me a pint. It's hard booze for Connor. Pint or 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 a whiskey. You know. We we legitimately. I'm easily pleased. Do you see when we do the arrow reviews now? We we literally open those videos with two disclaimers. The same disclaimer we give to everything 
Uh, I'll, I'll say three because the one we they give to everything is oh, spoilers for the episode, blah 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 blah. Second disclaimers: we don't like Arrow very much. Connor gets drunk, and we, you know, we we take the piss out of it. But the third thing that always happens in those videos is Connor has to announce what he was drinking that evening, just in case anyone wants to, you know, someone might know. want to drink along. You should know. And you know, recommendations. Well, people... the, okay, so the fact that we've gone on this diatribe, I mean. This was a fine issue. <laughs> I feel it's indicative of the issue that we're talking about drinking habits. Oh, yeah. Rather like, than the issue. It, so, I mean, I saved it for last because of what Pete had said about... Uh, I noticed it wasn't Sealy yeah. in, in one of the go-to artists. So I was like, okay, but it's Wally and Dick. It's cool. Oh, like, it's fun. And they're dealing with this villain who can pause time in a bubble. So it's, it's like... It's almost because the actual thing is a speedster. One of my favorite lines is yeah. uh, Dick says, Oh, he's not a speedster, but he's just as annoying. And Dick's like, or Wally's like, Oh, we're going to talk about that later. Talk about that later. <laughs> I, I definitely feel like they're best friends. Like, I, yeah. yeah. I feel like this has been missing from Dick Grayson's life since Wally disappeared. You know, like, he needed somebody like this that wasn't one of his brothers. You know? Yeah. It was uh, the other bit that, that made me chuckle is, uh, you know, when, when they're talking about how he can sense things through the speed force and and Dick's like, hey, so can you can you do this? And and Wally basically is his hand from The Force Awakens because that's not how the speed force works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, basically yeah. it. Hmm. So they track down the guy. The guy's got some... But I also liked how... I think it was Dick who was, who was like sort of just thinking in his narration. He's like, you know, I've noticed these newer, these newer villains... They, they, they tend to monologue a bit more and over-explain everything in Showboat. No imagination. Yeah. Um, and I like how they try and name him, but then the guy's already thought of his own name. Time Bomb was the one he came uh, up hello, with. Hello, they ask him, he goes, Time, he goes, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's not bad. Honestly, yeah, it's, it's a fun little issue where they, they banter, and it's, 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 it's a perfect... If it's a filler issue, it's a perfect kind of filler issue where it's just this nice, fun, bit of friendship. I, it was a... Nice quick read, you know, had fun with it. Um, obviously, a tease at the end for what's coming next in the next arc, but other That's than that, what I got the most hyped over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was course. great. Yeah, so we're getting Tiger Shark in the next arc, as well as Blockbuster, because it says next Blockbuster, but who we see on screen is Tiger Shark. It's a screen, sorry, page. You know what I meant? <laughs> yeah. But That's okay. I, I, at work, when I was reading my comics at lunch, I tried to swipe my physical copy. Um, <laughs> yeah. That happened. So, screen page, they're all the same in my brain anymore. Matt, the swiping's first. Next, you're going to be double tapping on one of the panels to make it go into panel mode. I've already, I've already done that before. <laughs> so, I just didn't talk about it. Because uh, my, my boss went, as we're sitting there eating lunch, go, why did you just wipe? What did you wipe on your comic? I went, no, never, no, I just, never mind. Never mind. So... Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh uh, I, I will say this: this writer, he he gets the voices. So you know, if, oh, yeah. if he's if he let's say he takes over Nightwing down the line, I'd be okay with that. I, I think yeah. he's got it in it. At least, at least on a yeah, he gets the character on a. I, I think, I think it would least. be a much more like it would remind me a lot more than eighty stuff if he, if this guy took over. But I'd be cool mm. with it. Like it'd be a yeah, cool, that's fun that's run. not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. No, no, no. Especially considering like someone like Percy, who he just you know threw love all over. You know, started kind of rough on Green Arrow, but worked his way in, yeah, and just kept kept going in repetition. So, but yeah, just Tiger Shark is first time we've seen Tiger Shark. Was it Black Mirror? Because that's the first time I remember 
encountering uh, probably the first I know of him, yeah. Okay. So uh, that's cool that they're tying back to one of my favorite was, stories. Was he not in um in in Batman? In Snyder's Batman with uh Harper Rowe down under the sewers. Oh on the train. I think it was in the train. Remember there was a subway bit. I'm sure there was a subway bit with Yeah, yeah, but I thought he had a little Is that during down. the owls? Yeah. I think maybe during it, the epilogue okay. issue around yeah. that point. It was one or two oh. appearances though. It wasn't around too much. Okay. No, but, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure he was in there. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. But, but I'm not sure there's it's still but, a blank slate enough that you yeah. can. You I'm, know, I'm just yeah. in my brain. I'm thinking, but was that bronze tiger? <laughs> but I'm, I'm probably no. Just, it definitely wasn't. I'm it probably just mixing tiger. my tigers up. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm thinking. Was it another shark-related person? <laughs> It wasn't King Shark. I remember yeah, King Shark. It wasn't Shark. King Shark. What, thinking, what's cool, we've also got an orca in Bloodhaven. So, like, Bloodhaven's becoming like a haven for animal themed villains. Oh, man. Orca versus great. Tiger Shark. Yeah. That's like their, their gang wars. They're all. Yeah. yeah. Which, well, which sea the, creature wins? That's the cool thing. Orca's kind of set, been set up there as another one of these, like, villains who's turned, you know, turned a new leaf and. Yeah. Uh, might, might help in the fight. If, you know, if. if if Dick needs like a get like a, an army, as it were, to fight a gang war, then he's he's got some misfits ready to fight for him. I'm sure Bruce will really approve of that. <laughs> Bruce doesn't need to know. Yeah. But no, Bruce is not one to talk because that's exactly what he's done. He's built an army to fight a gang war. He's just on a, the opposite side of it. You know. This is true. He's, he's that's his a... thing. He's on a much more cosmic level, I guess. Yeah, yes. I mean, to be honest, after the, the I Am Bane arc where he got his own Suicide Squad, I'm not sure he's allowed to judge anymore. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Nightwing was fun. Yeah, uh, that was pretty solid. It was, it was again, kind yeah. of nice. It's very bright and poppy, but good momentum. Yeah, a, bit... a lot of Wally West this this week. Yeah, I'm not complaining about that. Uh, even in the art, I thought they're like they're just a little bit musclier than you know than normal, like more <laughs> especially Wally. Yeah, bit of bulge. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Bit of bulge. But there you go. That's Nightwing. Um, that will take us on to. This is we're kind of getting to the quick section here. Although all these books could really go either way, we just have to pick some stuff to try and limit ourselves on time, especially this week. <laughs> so. Uh, that'll take us on to Green Lanterns, issue 23. Sam Humphrey's writing Eduardo Pansica on our... I actually made a typo and I put an O instead of a P, so I actually said Eduardo Owensica. But uh, Pansica, of course, is who it is. Uh, and this was a relatively straightforward... Fun issue, but relatively straightforward. It was kind of bouncing between... Uh, obviously, there was, a, there was a bit in the middle with other stuff, but mm-hmm. it was bouncing between Jessica and Simon. Jessica's with Guy. Guy's been a complete douchebag. He's being so, Yeah. Aye. Which was why the last she, page of this book was maybe my favourite page of the week. I'm not going to lie. That's what she needed. That's, you, have, you have someone in Jessica who needs the confidence, right? Mm-hmm. She has trouble making, making her constructs and... And then you have Simon, who that's all he is, is confidence, and he's throw punch, uh, punch first. He's like Guy. That's why last issue they talked about they don't get along. Yeah, which, which is why Kyle's test for, for Simon was very different. It was more about him trying right. to not think that way and having to think outside and the I, box. And I feel if, if Jessica had just done it earlier, she would save herself a lot of... Uh, do, do you know what I like about this? Uh, it's a subtle thing. Trouble. 
in the art is when so we've got this montage at the start if you can even call it it's a comic book but I'm using mm-hmm. movie terms uh, of her like doing all these training things with Guy and I like that halfway through it her hair suddenly tied back and it, 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 they don't even address it they don't point it out it's just, it's just her hair's tied back and I like the idea that after a few of these like tests she's gotten pissed off <laughs> it's like right hair's tied back I'm in this mm-hmm. now this, this ginger go. prick doesn't know what's going to hit him alright okay no other thoughts <laughs> I mean it, it, it's you're right yeah. yeah she probably did think that yeah okay Cool. Uh, cool flashback in the middle because um, we're learning about uh, Volthoom inside inside Rami and he's looking through yeah. the old texts and stuff and he finds out that uh, Rami never actually destroyed the travelling lantern that uh, brought him to him uh, and he oh. could have maybe gotten home all this time uh, had had he had access to it uh, but to do so he needs to reassemble the first seven rings that were made because they were made from this lantern uh, and we get a cool flashback of one of the first ever Green Lanterns who uh, becomes yeah. a Green Lantern. Was like a war cool. from the from the third world. From the third so, world, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, remember you know Kirby's was the fourth world, and they were always worried about the fifth world of superheroes taking them over. So yeah, um, this is a very long time ago. I'm just uh, her name is Aletha. I, I knew it was a cool name. I wanted to find it. Aletha. It's a cool name. For a second, I thought it was Fatality. Because I haven't heard Fatality in a super long time. Hmm. And then I was like, oh no, this is way beyond Fatality. But yeah, but yeah I love this type of stuff. I love the Seven Rings. Like, As much as I get tired of the, the color wars and whatnot, I love when they delve into the Lantern mythology. And the yeah. fact that there was a the Seven First or these powerful, you know, I, I love icons. that it felt so different as well because it broke into that little, very short prose section yeah. instead of being in a box. Yeah. As we were introduced to her, and it's like, oh, okay, this is this is different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So standout scene, actually. I mean, I love the last page because the last page is Jessica finally knocking guy. I, I, I can't wait for guy to just. The next thing is just going to be guy laughing, going finally. Yeah, yeah. Finally, I'll, and he's going to hug that. her and go, "Come here, kiddo." Yeah, yeah. yeah. About, about time you stood up for yourself. I'm yeah. expecting that. I'm expecting it. Uh, I still enjoy him getting punched, though. I'm going. I'm going to lie. Uh, but standout scene for me, I think, is probably Kilowog showing up and being like, "Yeah, guy's yeah. a dick. I'm going to play good cop here." Uh, and he, he tells us this little inspirational story about you know her, her own will being a green star inside of her, and it's a kind of sweet moment. Yeah, that story. It's kind of nice to see Kilowog be this this guy like. Guy's being the, the drill sergeant, and he comes in and is yeah. like... Yeah, yeah, this is usually always, what we expect from him. Yeah, yeah. they always say that drill instructors, once once you get out of training, they're like your cool uncle for life. And so I feel that is Kilowog. Kilowog is everyone's cool uncle, and you want him on your side. You don't want him mad at you for anything. And I, I love that, and I loved his story to Jessica, and just... Oh, man, she's such a great character. I say it every time, but... Also, yeah. Kula's construct to the issue may have to go to uh, Kyle with his pinball machine, that he, like a giant yep. pinball machine that he's got got Simon in. Such, yeah, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, and that's such a Kyle thing to do, is yeah. is to go above and beyond what he needs to. Yeah, that's pretty pretty cool. I will say though, like his whole point is, you know, his his constructs are all mechanical; they're always the same. I feel like Hal could do with some of this training too, and maybe we could move him away from just having <laughs> well, fight. It makes more sense for Simon. He's a car guy, so of course they're going to have a mechanical bent to him. Well, all the time. no, I agree, but that—that that was my point. Like, how how much of his constructs are just planes? Yeah. Like he could probably do with this training too. Mm-hmm. They're just too afraid to say it to him. 
greatest green light in my ass. Yeah, his name's that guy Gardner. Mm, he plucked um, out Arkello's eye, Pete. He's the greatest green light. I am never going to hear the end of this stupid eye thing, am I? Just read it. Nope. I'm going to hear the end of it. You don't even have to read it. It's it's gonna be like Wonder Woman issue eight. It's just something I love, and you're gonna have to deal with it. I like how you somehow f- brought in Wonder Woman issue eight that way. Like, just, oh, it's like Wonder Woman issue eight, which is that issue of Wonder Woman I really love. <laughs> yeah. Brought in through proxy. And I hate that Connor made me read Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, and that I actually like it now. Yeah, yeah. You you hate that I made you read it, but you love that you got to see Guy rip out our close eye. So um... yeah, you know. And then they bro out like two issues later and they're just, like hugging with cats on. Just to wrap up Green Lanterns, I'll say the art was was, was decent. Uh, it was consistent. Uh, nothing spectacular. Kind of. Sort yeah, of I had a f- some, some facial expressions here and there that were yeah. a bit awkward. I mean, on the, the second to last page, Jessica, the, the, the very bottom, the second panel. Like, so there's like three along the bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 the, the two there that that's Jessica and then the guy one it's just guy looks weird in the middle like his yeah. face is all twisted in this funny way yeah that's fair that's fair uh, I actually I like the last one of Jessica the first one's a little bit weird when she sort of got her you know, she's like face palming in stress and yeah the last one with anger though I'm kind of cool with though I feel like that one fits but yeah no they're all too fair yeah it's it's just there's a, there's a few throughout the issue. I'd have to go back and actually like look for them now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. every so often, I was like, yeah, it looks a bit not quite right. Which is why I say it was you know it was, it was yeah, pretty decent, yeah. uh, but it, no, no, nothing was sticking out to me as like amazing. Whereas you know I read Green Arrow, I'm I'm reading you know Flash and stuff, and I'm like, oh man, or Batman, and I'm like, oh these are great. That'll take us on to Batwoman number three, uh, written by Margaret Bennett and James Tynion, James Tynion the fourth. Art by Steve Epting. Uh, art, I'll, yeah, the art's been fantastic in this since it started, and I'm, I'm pretty. Oh, it's Epting. Yeah, that's yeah. You can just say shorthand. Um, yeah. I'm still into. It. We got a little flashback of a of a knife, uh, or Tahani, as our, our real name is. Uh, but yeah. the main bulk of this issue, and I like that flashback. That was like Sophia, like first meeting her and like taking her under her wing. It shows you what Sophia, why she was so useful. Yeah. And why is she so good at what she did? I'd like to see have maybe those scenes of Sophia meeting all the other, you know, the, the other members. I think we may. I want, yeah, I want a Coriana miniseries mm. after this. This is a place that has become like in just three issues went from somewhere that we've none of us have ever heard of to being like, wow, this is like a distinctly DC place. Yeah, it's, it's really got its own like team of people. It, there's, yeah. there's factions. It's got stuff to there's do. There's law and and like a culture around it. It's kind of like in in Marvel. You have Madripoor, where yeah. Wolverine goes and puts an eye patch on. I feel like this Koryana is kind of like that. And with this corporation with Kali trying to pervert that, it's auto, I'm into it. Like just beyond Kate. So yeah. Uh, obviously, the main bulk of this issue is Kate as Kate. Uh, mm-hmm. infiltrates the Cali Corporation. We, we interest this place last time. We know they're funding Knife. They're involved in buying up the island and all that. Um, and she goes and meets, meets them and we find out that they're siblings. So they're, 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 but as, I like this point, this really nice point where she's like, oh, you twins, you look really similar. And they're like, oh no, we've got different uh, mothers, same father, mothers. but we were born at this, in the same day on the opposite sides of the planet. 
Uh, no, they were born at the, the exact same time, but because they were the opposite sides, one was new. Ah, uh, yeah, one was time change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I feel... The names are Elder and Younger, as if you needed to be creeped out even more. Wait, which one's which? Which is the uh, the guy's Elder? Uh, guy's Elder, yeah, right? The girl's um, which actually probably the best joke. I mean, this isn't. A, I mean, there's some funny humor because uh, Kate's like flirting with the you know the, the security girl and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is some little bits, but the funniest stuff is when it comes to Julia during this, and she's got a bingo card. Uh, it's called Creepy Twin Bingo. Now, given that I've been watching Riverdale recently, the Creepy Twin <laughs> yeah. IDs have been in my yeah. head. Yeah. Well, and you, I, and you didn't even get much into Game of Thrones either, so that's <laughs> just, I, I I'm just I'm going to yeah. read out the ones that I can make out here on Creepy Twin Bingo. Uh, we've got weird incest vibes. Oh yeah, something like that one. Yeah. Come play with us, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Quality shining reference. Um, yeah. Mythological twin names. No, missed out. No. Uh, missed out this, yeah. Dreadlock motorcycle albinos. <laughs> <laughs> or ba- albinos, I should say. Uh, no, the ones that are, the ones that are covered though, I can't quite make those. Uh, one serial something something gold. Yeah, I uh, think we need to get tweet in at. I don't, I don't know if Epting's got the list or if it's Tanyan or or, yeah. or Bennett. Well, them one of them has the full thing, and I want this so that we can play it. <laughs> I want to go back and rewatch season one of Riverdale and play it. Ding. Ah, oh, yes. Well, they're not. They're not. I mean, the blossoms are white, but they're not albino white. You know. Okay, so so sure the, the albino one doesn't get covered but the others can all get covered we, we, we definitely got weird incest vibes yeah you get that oh, in the first course. two minutes of that first episode <laughs> that was my first impression of that show oh this is some creepy incest oh. stuff going on <laughs> yep uh, anyway. great show so great show. Uh, so, so she, she's sort of trying to find out what's, what they are what about what they're going on and all the rest of it but we see knife is in the rafters she's watching all this and she sees oh. she sees kate plant a bug and at the end of the scene, she jumps down and like smashes into the the table and like is like she look cuts it. the uh, yeah cuts it out of the table yeah. like knife. You could have just you know dislodged it, but yeah, uh, just just, just picked it out. Yeah, but yeah. uh, well, they the creepy twins run off and uh, they get in the helicopter. Uh, Kate gets into costume, has a quick fight. Uh, Kate does this cool badass thing where she dives off the building and then she's got this like jetpack tech or sort of tech that yeah. attaches to her cape that turns it into a glider. I guess is more accurate. It, it's her drones, the drones that Julia had had brought up from the yacht. Mm, that okay, they yeah. join, yeah, they they join with her. They catch up. It, it's very Stark esque. It like is Stark esque, you know, yeah. You know, very Iron throw, Man. Throws the self. Yeah, but the, 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 the fact the that towel. it's just the stuff around her shoulders, though, but it's mostly just like a glide, like it turns her cape into a glider. Yeah. Gives it a different feel. It's more of a yeah thing. Yeah, but, so cool. And obviously, it's beautiful. I love the, the 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 panel at the bottom of that page where it's just a silhouette of her flying like she's a bat. Beautiful. Yeah, it's great. great. It's and great so, stuff. without a doubt, we know that the the creepy twins and Kali are part of the Mini Hands of Death, mm. and that they're planning on blowing up Coriana. Um, yeah, yeah, we because, find out they've got every part of the island rigged with explosives. Like the entire yeah. underground, completely from side to side, yeah. rigged with explosives. Um, because, as we talked about earlier, it is this haven for outlaws, and there's people from everywhere there. This will take out the most people from the yeah. most places yeah. to satisfy their twisted. Oh man! You know, I, I, I got a chuckle when they actually said a hive of scum and villainy. Yeah. As did I. Uh, I just want to put another great page with this this glider cape it's when she's like it's a couple of pages later she's on the beach and she's just at the shallow you know the water the shoreline 
and the cape's still sort of propped up, so it's got this proper bat shape to it. It just looks really nice. Yeah, it's but great. I just want to point that out. Uh, it's I, all that's on the panel where it says uh, Hyphen's come a villainy, isn't it? Is it? Oh, so it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Quite right. Yeah. Uh, so Kate finds a bunch of explosives in this cave, uh, and this entire page is gone. It's like, because the cave's got her back to, again, I say camera, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. And she's, you know, the cape's flowing, that looks great. And then the, the panel underneath that at the bottom is knife coming out of the water, like Apocalypse Now, and it's just proper intimidating, proper shadows, mm-hmm. the whole thing, creates a mood, creates an atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, I, I was 50-50 on the series until this issue. I'm fully in. Yeah, I'm, just... I'm, I'm into it. Like, up until yeah. now, I wasn't sold on the, the story aspects, but I was like, yeah. I like the tone, I like the mood, I like everything's art. They are obviously that was enough, but now it's like okay, I got some good stories. Yeah, it's it's coming together. It's taking its time to establish some stuff, Mm -hmm. and now it feels like we've got okay, we've got this island, we've got all these factions, we've got got, Kate's got her own little backstory here that we didn't know about before, and it feels like it's building stuff up. Like Matt said, we we now know this place, Coriana. We we have a connection to it. We understand this place in you know three issues. That's pretty good. And uh, so, so the cliffhanger at the end of the issue is that all of these other like crime bosses that Kate knows that are kind of like they're crime bosses, the but they're not. Yeah, the warlords, yeah. Are not, but they're not evil. They're, they're, they've got like a sort of yeah. you know honor code and whatever. They're, uh, they, they're profit driven. They all show up, uh, sort of, basically as backup. <laughs> pretty yeah, much. Yeah, I mean, that's their home too. I mean, yeah. it's their sanctuary. Yeah. They're not going to let the Kali Corporation ruin it for everyone. So. And I like that, and I want to know where is Sophia. I know because no one said she's dead, and I'm no. so I'm expecting her to show up. You almost expect her to be running the Cali Corporation at this point, like yeah. to be the higher up, like because that's the that's the yeah. obvious twist to go for at this point. Well, they're going to go that route. I don't know. But, but if they do, I mean, I wouldn't be annoyed. It was like oh, I yeah. say, it's an obvious twist, but I'm sure they'll give us good reasons, and that that's what'll make it interesting. If they do that, it's it's why, not if. Yeah, I agree. And if we keep getting these little flashbacks. Uh, like eventually, maybe it'll add up, but we'll we'll care more about the twist because we'll see how she's connected to all these different. And maybe that's maybe that's why knife's working there. Maybe knife is still loyal to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Um, but no, uh, that's Batwoman. Really, really good. Meant it. <clears throat> Man, I've got a really craggy voice today. Uh, you do. So, so next up, we are looking at Super Sons number four. Peter J. Tomasi writing and Jorge Jimenez in art, and. Uh, of the two Peter Giotto books, I think this is the the tighter one this 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 time round. For sh- for sure. Yeah, that's actually ended the arc. I, I didn't expect this to be a four issue uh, story, but here yeah. we are. Although I feel like the next issue will be like an epilogue because obviously mm-hmm. not to jump to the ending, but we we, we start yeah, the issue. Explaining to do. Yeah, we we have we have this bookend thing where the issue opens with Alfred and Lois, you know, one at the the manor, one at uh, the the Kent house. Uh, coming in to wake the kids up. Uh, Damien, by the way, for his 4am workout, might I point out, uh, which is pretty hilarious. And and John to go feed the animals because Dad's busy. Uh, like, Lois, you couldn't help? You got to wake up your, your your 10-year-old son to go feed the animals? I just want to point out, by the way, uh, Connor didn't get around to reading this this week, so this is oh. him doing some prep on his top 10 characters. From yeah, later. yeah, I'm, and, I'm, I'm looking at it now and it's stressing me out. <laughs> hey Connor, Connor. That's all you need. Red Hood. I, I can if if you give me a a, a worse characters list. Red Hood. <laughs> Number two, Artemis and her ginormous axe. Number three, Bizarro. Yeah, but I like four, Bizarro in in Bizarro's Red, other series. I've never liked Red Hood in any series. So Red Hood again. <laughs> 
because why not? Oh dear. Who does he not like? David Carter, he must like. He must not like more characters. He's Wasn't. not going to tell us because we're going to make fun he of him. He likes others, but he loves Red Hood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Don't Super Sons. Super Sons, you cocks. Yeah, Super Sons. Uh, so, it's not earn that E. Yeah. So, so we end the issue. The, the kids get back to the kid farm and they think everything's. I say kid. You know, it's not a kid farm anymore, but same difference. Uh, and they're sneaking in the window, and Alfred and Lois are just standing there. Uh, and this is actually something I love about there. I've seen this a lot, actually, the facial expressions in this uh, throughout the series, but uh, Lois's annoyed face is absolutely spectacular. Yep. Spectacular. And then Alfred's like, uh, what does he say? He, he drops like a, a, a silly line. He says, Ditto. That's right, because uh, Lois says, You yep. guys have got some explaining to do. I believe the term is Ditto. Yes. That's how I read it. I believe the term is ditto. But yeah, so they so they deal with Kid Amazo, who I'm still not sure what his actual powers are. Is like he can copy powers and well, bring them to machines. It, it, I don't. I, th- I think that's what he got because they, they said that he already had a power, but then the Amazo virus like amplified it and gave yeah. him more. Uh, so it seemed like the Amazo virus let him start to make like the copies he made could then copy other people with their powers. <laughs> And that's why there was tons of uh, Damien and John robots, was because they were copying them, because that's part right. of his power set. Also, this little dude is super dark. Like, oh, he is. Even compared to what we've seen, because he he basically builds copies of his family just to murder them. Yeah, again, yeah. And, and he makes again, them watch. Again. He makes the actual yeah. family watch and murder his family. <laughs> that said, uh, now also with that we know that Kathy's probably not going on. Yeah. I wouldn't mind... John having a friendship with his sister. Yeah, what's, what's her name? I don't know. Is it Sarah? I, can't this. I think it's Sarah. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she has some good moments in here. Uh, in fact, one of my favourite, uh, again, facial expressions is so Lex shows up because Damien like, secretly gets a message out to Lex to come and help because they're, they're chained up and there's some great banter between the two kids <laughs> as they're chained up upside so down. You have super strength. Yeah. I've. More strength uh, than you. You're not doing anything. Yeah, all all yeah. Damien's like joking about what superpowers Damien actually has in this was cracking yeah. me up. The, the uh, yeah. oh, super state in the obvious must be one of them. Uh, you know, oh, really funny. Uh, but it's when it's when at the end they, they deal with everything. They, they fight them. You know, crisis over. Uh, and they basically both Batman out of the scene together. Yeah. Uh, Alex turns around and not there, and he looks pissed. But but Sarah's face. Sarah's little yeah. smirk in the corner, which is like, they got away, uh, was really making me laugh. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but no. yeah. Which was basically sums up this, this series so far. It's been like, the, the actual story's been like, it's fine. Kind of dark in places, actually, mm-hmm. which I like. I like that they, they, they did that. Yeah. But it's been really fun. It's the characters interacting. It's just the chemistry between those two. And if we do set up Sarah as a new recurring character, since it seems like Kathy's probably not sticking around after, yeah. after this. Uh, give, give him his Lana. He needs a Lana. Yeah, exactly. And this this girl that she they can relate to each other because she has a power right from the Amazo virus. Yeah, yeah. She can control machines, and he's Superman's son. So Cause yeah, because I'm a bond. Definitely. Also, I like that when they're rescuing the real family, Damien carries her, and then John carries both parents and the other sister parents. <laughs> or yeah. brother, whoever the third one is. I, That's good. I think it's a big brother. Um, yep. But he's like because he's, he's super strange, so he's carrying like three of them. And Damien's yeah. carrying the ones. It's a nice little touch. That's uh, a fun issue. I definitely, like you said early, uh, Tomasi's much finer work this week than the other. Yeah. So, yeah, enjoyed it. 
Yeah, that was super fun. Uh, I think this will always... I mean, maybe it'll do other things later, but I think it'll always be in the quick section because it is just super fun. And it, like, yeah. It's not super, super in-depth, but it's great character stuff, uh, and it's a hoot every time. And I just want to, I'm just on the last page again. I just want to point out how great that Lois face is. She looks so pissed at John. She's she's way more mad that her son snuck out to fight Kitameza than she was at losing a leg. <laughs> don't don't bring up the leg. I don't want to talk about the leg. I know I low hanging fruit. I had to. Because uh, Connor God. loves Red Hood. God, that 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 leg, that leg still exists, unlike your imaginary person that you keep bringing up. Oh, don't you, <laughs> don't you go there, damn it. <laughs> all right that'll take us well, let's on get, let's get to that yeah to the the final issue of the week which is trinity number nine francis manipal is back although he's not back for long because one of the eldest solicits for uh august was him not on trinity but I, he's back i us. think i'm going to trade on this one knowing this now right, i okay. think it's gonna to read much better knowing that there's gonna be fits and starts i might just pick up certain issues and then just collect it that way. Um, Do we which, move on? I mean, yeah, we're on Trinity now. Yeah, we're on Trinity. Okay, cool. Uh, here we come. Uh, sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't listening. I wasn't paying because attention. Because I love seeing his... He couldn't decide who to put after Red Hood, so he was struggling. <laughs> I love that <laughs> seeing on the cover, it's just Manipole on the cover. But it makes this kind of inconsistent. You know, mm. with with the bun issues now. And... You know, I, I will say this might be my favorite issue in terms of plot so far this series. Well, yeah, because it, it gets to be different. Yeah, and... I, I like that they're still yeah. suffering from the effects of the previous arc, where they're like, "Oh, we experienced all that stuff," and you know, the three of them are in that you know in that cave, and they're like, "Wait a minute, the engraving's still here," and we get this sense that the White Mercy kid may actually still exist in the real world. Uh, yeah. Well, just killed all seed that maybe he's, he's probably going yeah, to pay off later. It's the idea that maybe in some way it did actually alter their pasts as well. Mm, if that yeah. if that's there, maybe maybe. Um, so you've got that, but the actual plot is that something's happened on the Watchtower. Uh, the rest of the Justice League, other than Barry, because Barry's got super speed, so he's been kind of avoiding that. But some sort of alien entity has basically turned them all into monsters. Yeah. Except Cyborg. Well, you can separate take. them. Cyborg just got dis- dismantled because he's a cyborg and he's like, oh, the alien's like, oh, no, I can't do it with this. I feel like that's his job now, is anytime something attacks, he's just disassemble cyborg and he has to put all his resources and put himself back together. That's how you take him out. Yeah. But anyway, it was pretty cool. The the different things in the, the Watchtower I thought was real cool and how Barry saves Batman yeah. from having his, his you know, yeah, because yeah, yeah. lungs cause, implode. Yeah, because the side of the, the the room they're in explodes, and like they're going out into, right. out into space, and like obviously Batman can't survive out there. I mean, I don't think. Right. I mean, even Wonder Woman and Superman need to get back in eventually, but they can. They're strong enough to hold their breath for a bit, whereas whereas yeah. Batman tries to do that. Well, he's that's just what, gonna... And that's what Barry says. Barry's yeah. like, "Oh, they can hold their breath. They're fine. I had to get you." Yeah. Yeah, you it's know? obviously, and you, you can see they are holding their breath because they're communicating through hand signals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little touch. Actually, one of my, uh, I thought was an interesting page, there's like a page that's like the blueprint. Almost. It's not actually a blueprint, it's really just a drawing of the, the watchtower in a blueprint esque kind of colour scheme. Yeah. But it, it's, it's got that, but then it's got these little, like, sort of uh, almost cybernetic, like, uh, like connections to the panels mm-hmm. showing you where they are and the, the watchtower as they're going through it yeah it's a really cool breakdown isn't it yeah it's really, really simple but interesting 
Uh, and then, yeah, they find uh, the, the, the lanterns, uh, I've got these monster heads and they're fighting them, so they've been taken over with something. Which, admittedly, you know, Justice League members being taken over by a monster is... It kinda, happens. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not exactly fresh. But at least the, the whole idea of oh, something happened in the Watchtower and the Trinity are like the ones left with Barry, so it's really more of a, a quadrinity. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, uh, it's, it's called Trinity, but most of this issue, or at least half it, is narrated from Barry's point of view. Yeah, I'm like, is this another button issue? I feel like... <laughs> Just as much. Uh, and then there's this other alien shows up at the end uh, who's who's not actually the... At least it doesn't seem like this is the alien that's controlling these other monster aliens. He's no. here because this alien thing is such a bad virus that it's going to spread to Earth and the only way to take care of it is to just eradicate the entire place. It's like Manipul watched Alien vs. Predator 2. Uh, it was like, I'm going to do that story. It basically right? kind of is. It's, it's almost like the monster's yeah. the weapon of mass destruction, and then this this yeah. guy's like, oh shit, I'm, I need to kill this by just, you know, bombing the entire planet. Done. Yeah. So And this this alien's very Kirby-esque too, which I appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Nanopole Flash, I'll never be mad at, you know. Nope. No, and, and this I, this issue made me realize I just want Manipul on Justice League. <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, maybe we'll end up there. I no, I enjoyed this issue. I think plot wise, it was the most because I mean I liked obviously the art and stuff and some of the character stuff in the first arc, but I feel like it, it went on a bit too long. I, I was feeling a little bit that the dream stuff was uh, maybe drying out a little bit long yeah. in that first one. Uh, here, I like the it's a it's a popcorn story. I don't think there's much depth to it, but. Like oh, it moves. Yeah. Like, this issue moved very quick. Which is yeah, probably how definitely. Justice League should feel if we're not doing, like, a big event. Well, that's the thing. Like, this this feels kind of like what Hitch has been trying to do, except mm. just better in every way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the same style of story. No, oh, it is, yeah. But it's not overcomplicated to shit like Hitch was making his stories. No, it looks bad, too. Because that, that's why I just hard-dropped Justice League in that. When I realised that sec... Well, I was in the second. It was the third dark. When I realized that third dark was just going to be more of the same, I was like, oh, "No, I'm I'm done." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, no, I thought it was fun. It was definitely like I'd put it in the lower tier of my books this week, just because it is such popcorn. Even don't get me wrong, the art's gorgeous. I'm not disputing that, but it's yeah, no. But that, that's where yeah, I didn't have that. That I loved the very first issue of Trinity. That was just them like meeting up at yeah. the dinner. Yeah, it was simple. And here's almost the opposite. It's them jumping straight away into something so it's good that he's alternating the way he tells things so yeah. i can appreciate that but yeah it's yeah. it might just be better read and trade that's all it may be i i think it's i think at this point now since we know the issue whatever one's out in august is going to be someone else and it said part one 12 so there's at least going, there's at least going to be two issues because it said part one so there's at least two without them i imagine that means that there's always going to be a couple of issues between each arc yeah, I mean, it takes time for him to do this. Yeah, because he's doing both. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, the the stuff before wasn't actually planned, because that was filling out because of uh, his family issues. Okay, that's fair. That's but fair. Uh, the, the, the bun issues were planned. But, you know, before when we had uh, Clay Man fill in on the art. Yeah, he was still writing. Yeah, yeah he He'd came still in written the, the scripts and stuff, but, uh, yeah, he, he didn't have time to yeah. do the art because of uh, some At the very issues. least, though, the, 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 the plot for the... the, the whatever the however long the fill-in arc is going to be after this does it does seem like something that will interest you connor at the very least i saw um i'm hyped yeah it's I'm like, uh, yeah i i mean okay it's not manipul and that, yeah. that's uh, it's but... rob williams who's writing it but it's basically the this trinity has to work with the magic trinity that magic trinity being zatanna dead man and constantine uh so 
I'm so I'm in. Like, Dead Man every, every part of that's fantastic. And Dead, yeah, Dead Man's a turn up. We're, we're there with you, Matt. <laughs> Clayman's on art again, I believe, for that. And mm, he's he's uh, okay. He's not quite manable, but he's still pretty damn good. Oh yeah. yeah. So who uh, is? Yeah, exactly. Oh, right, cool. There you go. That was the last book. We, we got through it. We got through it somehow, some way, in the end. We're not done with the podcast yet, admittedly, but we've done the books. Uh, so Buckle we, up, Buttercup. Yeah. So we'll get to our best stuff of the week. Um, yeah. In fact, before we do it, I'll, I'll, I'll make the little Patreon announcement first, actually. We added an extra little perk. Yeah. Uh, and part of this was because we looked at it and we had a lot of cool comic stuff in the $5 tier. Uh, we'll tell you what's coming up soon in the bonus stuff for that at the end of the show. We'll do that at the end of every episode, I think, just to let people know what's coming on the way and what went up this week, kind of thing. Uh, but a new thing's been added for the $1 tier. So you get what I'm about to describe, you get if you go to the $1 tier and give $1 a month. Uh, and it's basically just a way to get, bring bring people into sort of the show, because we, every week we pick our best book of the week, best art, best cover, and we want you to do that too. So if you go into the Patreon right now, uh, you can see that the first one's already up. Typically, they will go up on the Saturday when the new episode goes out, and then you can vote in them until the Friday before the next episode. So you, you'll get, you know, six days, essentially, to vote. Uh, and you basically just pick your best book of the week, your best art of the week, the best cover of the week. Uh, you can also uh, tick all your uh, the books that you actually read, so we can see what your pull list was. Uh, and in, in the next week's episode, so on week 53 we will announce everything that won from the patrons on week 52. So, like, you'll have a, a pick, as it were. Uh, and we'll announce nice. that. It's just a simple little thing, a little fun thing. Uh, there's a box at the bottom as well at the forum if you want to uh, actually like comment on why you picked your number one. You don't have to fill that in. Uh, but if you want to and we like the comment, we might read it. So, on the show. So, um, yeah, go, go check it out if, you, if that sounds like something you want to do. Uh, but we thought that'd be fun to bring bring that in, and it also means similarly at the end of the year when we're doing our best of the year stuff, we'll also have your picks as well to go in that that annual episode. So, uh, so check it out. There you go. That's a new little thing. Um, but yeah, so our best stuff of the week. So we'll start with best panel as we typically do. Connor, best panel uh, of the week. I'm torn between two. Mm-hmm. Both revolve <clears throat> around the same character. But different book? Nope, same oh, book. All right, okay. I thought that was going to be a little swerve, but yeah, go on. No, no, no. They are both panels with, with Jay Garrick in. Ah, okay. One of okay. which is just the one where he jumps out and it's, I'm free. Because that's, you know, the full page. The other one is the, the one where he's saying, uh, you know, my name's Jay Garrick, I'm your friend, a flash. That, that mm-hmm. panel just gets me. Uh, I'm actually going to piggyback off you. I'm not picking either of those two. I am picking... I was tempted to pick something from Batman because I love that stuff. I was tempted to pick something from Green Arrow. But ultimately... I was even tempted to pick uh, Manhattan's Hand because, you know... Oh, baby. It's it's kind of an easy choice, isn't it? Chevrolet's down the spine. But I'm actually also going to go with a Jay Garrick uh, moment. I am going with the... I mean, I like the whole page, but it's where he grabs Batman and Flash, and he's like, he's saving them. Like Jay and the Speed Force is the one who saves them. I like, I like the, the importance of that moment. Like, it's not just that he's back. Like, they only even survive this because Jay's there to be the granddad and be the Golden Age hero. Uh, yeah. And I just like him. He's got his arms around both of them. It's just, I love it. And he's he's the one running. Like Barry's lost his footing, but Jay's still. He's got seniority. He's got the experience. Yeah, he's, he's dependable. Yeah, I like it. Matt, panel of the week. So you guys covered Jay Garrick, so I, I don't have to, so that's good. <laughs> uh, 
So my, mine's going to be from from Superman, where he dives up to save Lois from underneath. His eyes how are going it, red. How is it that's one of the most negative-sounding reviews Matt's ever given Superman? We get to the picks at the end, and the first thing he picks from Superman... <laughs> yeah, because it's a dope... It's a dope... Uh, oh, my dog's barking. It's a dope dog, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, it's. I love that moment. I love any time... So you piss off Superman and his eyes go red. You guys know this. And my eyes are going to go red right now. <laughs> <laughs> he just he muted his mic and he's shouting at the dog. Uh, for, for the audio listeners who can't see that he's doing that. And they, they listen so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Matt's off to, uh, to do that. So we will uh, go to best cover of the week, Connor. I think uh, keep keep time moving nicely. So uh, you got one? I do. It's frankly easy. Uh, yeah, it's, it actually, it's, is. It's, it's it's Flash Twenty Two. Yeah. Isn't it? Do you know what's funny? I, I said Batman was going to win for the foreseeable future, and it was, and it would until, win until Flash got pushed to this week. Until Flash got pushed to this week, because that Jay Garrett cover is absolutely glorious. But, but, I mean. Look, we we talk about a lot of good covers in general, but mm-hmm. what else could this possibly have been? It's, it's, I, I can't fathom picking anything else this week. Yeah, Matt, what was your cover of the week? Oh, Flash. Yeah, there Thank you go. God. <laughs> then, yeah, just for a second, then. That, that would have been really yeah. funny if you hadn't, though, because Connor literally just ended his thing with, how could you even fathom picking anything else? <laughs> yeah, there, there was nothing else to pick. But, you know, the homage to Flash Rebirth with him tying well, his boots. I mean, I said, like had Flash doing. not been pushed, Batwoman would have won for me for the third month in a row. But, gotcha. But Flash got pushed, yeah. and Flash... I, I would have had trouble. Probably would have been Trinity, otherwise. Hmm. No, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, best Art of the Week. Now, here's 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 a more interesting choice. I feel like we had a lot of, really, there's like four, maybe, maybe I mean, five. Uh, we, we can start with Matt, because his choice is obvious. Go on, Matt. It is? Art of the week. No, it's Green Arrow. Oh, okay. Oh, it's not as obvious as Connor thought, apparently. Well, well, given that in the review of Trinity, I was like, oh, he said, yeah, no one else even comes close to Manipal. No, well, that's that's just a personal preference. But here, for for the story being told this week in Green Arrow, the stuff that that uh, Freyra did, just like with with Ollie breaking down mm. in the forest and. Like you said, the layouts—that was my. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I'm. I'm torn. I'm torn between that Batman and Batwoman. I think though, I'm going to land on Batwoman, and it's by a. I guess it's a hair. It's a hair in this. So much good art this week. There is. Uh, I'm going to go with Trinity because I've missed having Manipal for the last couple of months, yeah. and and it feels good to have it back. Mm. Try not to yeah, like, like, don't, don't, Epting, Epting don't, we've had for, for a couple of months now I'm like okay I'm, I'm used to having this dose again oh, oh, sure, sure, and, sure. You know, same with, with Green Arrow just don't ring your comic by making the pages sticky Connor okay uh, <laughs> very good <laughs> take that to be greedy at the comic book shop and you're like I don't know so the pages are sticking together I, I think like a, a 1.2 maybe it's, <laughs> it's unique <laughs> Hey, it's the only issue. It's the only issue of that issue of Trinity with my DNA on it. So. Exactly, it's unique. It's one of a kind. I wish I could just slowly back away from this conversation. <laughs> oh dear. Mm, okay, it gives a new uh, sense to those uh, white cover variants that DC put out. They've done that. Um, 
<laughs> oh, match reaction. Oh, that's that's I'm not done. Uh, you're not <laughs> I need done. That. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right. That'll take us on to our top five picks of the week. Uh, of this week's books, uh, we had. I mean, I had ten books. Matt had ten books. Connor had nine. You read out of those ten, so. Oh, look, I'm counting. Oh, what, what nine. Nine. Oh, good. Uh, so <laughs> so proud of himself for coming to nine. It was really impressive himself for that. So yeah, so top five of the week. I am going to go to Matt. And hold on, I just I, I just want to I want to know here. I've I've got a good feeling here that we may have a unanimous week for number one. I'm just just deep down. I've, we, I've got an just might. inkling, but Matt. Top five. Screw it all up, that was a right screen away. arrow, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not green arrow. It's flash twenty-two. Easy. And then, but my number two is green arrow. I just really enjoyed that. And then number three is gonna be Batman. And then number, uh, man, this really gets difficult. He has to go number four, Super Sons. And number five, Trinity, which I think is the first time I haven't had Superman in the top five. I didn't uh, deserve to be in there, though, did it? Nah, no, I did. Not, not compared to the other stuff I read. So, um, Connor, top five. Flash 22. Well, you know, so it's all on you now, Pete. Don't don't screw it up. Oh, crap. I messed my order up. Instead of Super <laughs> Sons, I'm going to go Batwoman. I really uh, like Batwoman. There we go. I yeah. thought he was going to back out. <laughs> <laughs> You no. thought it was unanimous. There's no strings on me. <laughs> I can see the strings. Right, so after Flash, uh, I'm, I'm going to go Nightwing, actually. I had a blast. It, yeah. it was fun. Uh, three, Green Arrow. Four, Batwoman. Five, Batman. All right. Hmm. Flash number 22, and number one for me. Uh, so we have a unanimous... Uh, and then I'm going to go Batman, and then Batwoman at number three, then Green Arrow at number four, and then at number five. Oh, fucking. It's basically all tied after that, other than Superman, but <laughs> um, I, I, will, I will go for Super. Nightwing? Super? Super Sons. Super Sons number five. Super Sons number five. So, uh, Flash, Batman, Batwoman, Green Arrow, Super Sons. Yeah, this is one of those weird weeks where, uh, obviously, we all expect each other to have the same number one. Mm-hmm. But after yeah. that, as long as it wasn't Superman, really, it's like, yeah, he probably could have had anything in there. I, I, I just felt like Matt cringe that he agreed with that statement. He's like, oh. I know. Yeah. It's, it's probably <laughs> the only time I've said that. You know, uh, Superman's definitely not making a top five, because if it did, that would have been weird. Yeah. Uh. That's it. Yeah, I was vengeful and spiteful against Batman, and it wouldn't have been in my top five. So all you people think <laughs> I just took Batman. Eat it. That said, though, had this been a week one where there was only like six books, it might have still scraped on there, depending on what the six book was. <laughs> it, it might, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that's Definitely. the that's the favourites of the week. So um, I'll tell you what's coming next week before we get to the sort of the, the episode fifty two bonus section. Uh, so coming next week, we have the next part of the uh, Lazarus contract in Deathstroke 19. We have Action Comics 980, Batgirl number 11, Batman Beyond number 8, Blue Beetle number 9, although I don't think any of us are actually reading that now, so that's not really in the 
the the red section anymore. Um, but we have Detective Comics 957, we have The Flash number 23. Oh, we don't have Flash number 23, sorry, that got moved to week 5, didn't it, Connor? Uh, it did, by the look of it. Alright, cool. Yeah, I saw that here. Oh, that's nice. I'll, I'll take an old book in week 5. Alright, so, yeah, we don't have that. And always, we all stopped reading JLA. My god, this this has changed so much since I wrote these down for the It's actually kind of a light week next week. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of like changed, yeah. Um, I'm going to start again because I, you know, I like to give a have a bit of a flow, and I feel like I just <laughs> like, you know, I, I will say, you know, the Flash moving is really nice because it's it's kind of worked out nicely with week five that they can still have it two weeks away from this issue and yeah. two weeks away from the following issue. No, that's and fair. it gives us something extra on that fifth week. That is fair. So to start again, we have Deathstroke number nineteen, we have Action Comics nine eighty, Batgirl number eleven, Batman Beyond number eight, Detective Comics nine five seven, Wonder Woman twenty three. Batman the Shadow number two, uh, Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corps number twenty, yep. and that's it. Twenty one, I believe, for Hal. Twenty one. That's, really? that's me not writing down numbers correctly, and Matt's getting sleepy, that's... so we better. Uh, I am. Get, I need, get I need things, food. I ate super done. early this morning. So there you go. That's what's coming next week. Uh, awesome. Right. Okay. So since it is episode fifty two, we wanted to do a little bit of something extra. We want to give a little bit more. And we thought, what can we do that feels monumental? And I think this is something we'll we'll try and do every time we hit an, another milestone. Now, after this, it'll just be the uh, the fifties, probably it'll be 100, 150, 200. But I think Matt actually wrote his down on paper. By the yeah, time it sounds it. like it. <laughs> but obviously, in pen, nonetheless. Oh, permanent. <laughs> but obviously, with DC, fifty means nothing. But 52, 52 means something. It also happens to be a year, which is also kind of monumental in its own sense. So what we're going to do on this occasion is we're, we've each compiled a list of our top 10 DC characters. Now, there wasn't any, like, you know, it didn't have to all be heroes, have to all be villains mixed, whatever. Um, that said, um, I have no villains on mine because I looked at the list of 10 I had just from the heroes and went, I'm not knocking any of them off. This is hard enough. So I've got a couple of villains on mine. I've, I've went full hero on mine. I mean, Red Hood is a villain. He's your number one. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I I have a villain, not a number one, but relatively high. I I think he's got he's got seven heroes, two villains, and then one Red Hood. He defies <laughs> he defies classification. Is what, what he, he has knows. eleven because he has ten characters he likes, but one that he loves. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I'm going oh, to. Are you ready to go, Connor? Because I do kind of want to make you go first. We're, we're counting down from ten, correct? Yeah, yeah. Start, start. You're ten, and no, I've got nine, so I, I'm still on my last one. All right, I'm gonna. Oh, I, I've not quite solidified my last place yet. I, I'm dancing between like four characters for number ten. Matt, are you prepared? Are you prepared with your? your yeah, well, Matt's written his in yep. pen. It has to be prepared. In pen. All right, start with number ten, Matt. Take us away. So, so ten. This character would be higher, but I needed to put it 10 to prove a point. <laughs> and that that point is my number 10 favorite character is Connor Kent, who doesn't exist, you sons of bitches. He's the greatest Superboy so far. John's pretty great. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I like at Pete just nodding as if I'm rambling like a crazy man. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to do that. 
I've got a great joke planned when you finish. I'm going to ask you why you only had nine. It's going to be hilarious. Just keep going. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, Connor Kent, from, from the time I first read him in Teen Titans, all the way through his arc in Infinite Crisis and his return and how he played in with uh, Lemire and Manipul in Adventure Comics. It's just, he's a great character. And it's a shame Dan Jurgens decided to leave him out of the timeline and cause me undue stress. I don't blame Dan Jurgens. I think there's, there's an editor above him going, you're not allowed him. Dan's uh, fighting. He's like, he's like, just, just give me Connor Kent. People, the people want yeah. him. Yeah, there's an editor I, I, above I have him. My own cons- there's an editor I above him telling cons- him no, and that editor's name is God because he didn't exist. And you can't just have something that didn't exist. Yeah, of course you well, can. This is comics. Yeah, of course, <laughs> but I, I, it's all part of a conspiracy theory that I have. With, without the Legion, there's no Superboy. You know, and when you have 19 Robins, you can have multiple Superboys. So, that's number 10, mm-hmm. Connor Kent. He's actually in my top five, but I had to put him 10 just to kick off strong. <laughs> do you know what? Do you want to be more interesting here? I mean, if we cycle around, I'll give our 10. All right, okay. All right, okay. That's not bad. That's what I thought we were doing. Oh, no, I was, I was just waiting for Matt to go. Just, yeah, just go. Pete, Pete didn't want to have to think. All right, now that's yeah. that, that's fine. All right, let me just solidify my number ten then, and because I, 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 it's a struggle, and I, I'm I do I'm a little concerned that my list is really boring. It probably yeah. is. It's all Batman characters. <laughs> it's not. There's a fair few, but it's not. It, because ultimately, like you know, I was going. Do I want a smaller character? Do I want them? Do I want that? And you know, I started with a list of like twenty-five, and I chipped away like try to order them Who, who's going near the top who's doing that and so on and uh but uh which I, batgirl is it pete pete you gotta <laughs> pick one start your list off with. he's got he's got all of them on there. <laughs> i know he does i know i do not i do not he's I'll, only missing one i'll admit i'll admit cassandra kane almost became number 10 i'll admit it was close it was so close the other two were somewhere Somewhere between nine and one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's so predictable, isn't he? He is. Look, look, I love what I love. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to lie? Do you want me to go, oh no, I'm going to put... Uh, I, 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 don't, look, I don't know. All right, just answer me this honestly. What position is Cold Snap? The look there, Pete's uh, like, shit, I forgot Cold Snap. <laughs> Uh, I could have, I could have, I could have had that as my troll number one before my real answer. You've, you've ruined the joke now, Connor. It's, it's gone. This is done. Uh, well, you deserve right, being predictable with all your bad guys. brevity. Okay, yeah. right, okay. All right, no, number number ten, and I, I'm I went bold with this one. I went with someone a bit new. I wanted to get someone here who was a bit more recent uh, to represent a new bit of new blood, right? And I think if it's was Duke. And, I walk. If it's Duke, I walk. <laughs> Your mate, Matt, your mate's gone. Uh, perfect timing. It's not Duke. My number 10 is Jessica Cruz. I thought you might go with that. when you Once you started talking about new character, okay. I was like, ah, it's the only one it could be. And honestly, she, she's been going up the ranks ever since Rebirth started. I, I've really come to like her. And I think she adds a, because she has her anxiety, she has a very different voice to most other characters. Not just Green Lantern, it's just in general. You, yeah. know, you know, even if another hero's unsure of themselves, it doesn't 
play out the way she plays it out, where she's flat mm-hmm. out just scared to leave the house. <laughs> it's, it's a very different thing, uh, and I appreciate that. And she has a she has a, a different kind of attitude. I don't feel like I get her type of character that often, especially for a hero. And her ring's really funny, which again yeah. comes from her. So Jaybird, she's an insecure Green Lantern. I love know, it, which it's is great. is super rare. We, we haven't had that since early Kyle, yeah. and it's a different kind of insecurity. And hmm. you know, she, she beat out a few really more obvious choices to go in here, but I wanted to have at least something that wasn't as super obvious and predictable. So, Jessica Cruz, number 10. Thank you kindly. Connor, number 10. Artemis. Hey. Okay. Wax. <laughs> I almost did a spit take, Matt. <laughs> I wish I could throw something at you right now. Oh, I know. Oh, no. I, Matt, I know what your top three is going to be. Number three is going to be Jason Todd. Number two is going to be the second Robin. And then number one is going to be Red Hood. <laughs> oh, can, can, can I give my actual number 10 now? Go Am for good? it. Go for it. Swamp thing. No. no, my number 10 is Black Adam. Oh, I, like I find him utterly fascinating. You know, he's, he's a villain, but he's not evil by in... The traditional uh, sense. Taking over is, a country by force is kind of evil. Okay, sure. But <laughs> you said, yeah, in that sense, he takes over he by force. But then the people do love him. Like, the, you know, yeah. like they look up to him. He's a good leader. He's a good ruler. I want he's, them to fear how much they love me. That's like, like Adam. Yeah, but I, I think he's very interesting as a villain. And I don't think there's enough of, of that around. All right, cool. Uh, no. I mean, kicking I, off unexpected. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I feel like Connors is going to have the the more weird list out of his. You haven't, you haven't it, seen it, it my gets top more five. normal as you go up. I'm sure it does, but I feel like I mean, maybe, maybe Matt. I think Matt will have one or two really obscure characters, right? But I feel like Connor will have more less obvious choices. But that's just Matt. You're back to you. No, number number yeah, nine. Yeah. So nine nine was tough because I wanted to kind of in my top ten want to represent every aspect of. The DCU, and the one that I'm not that well versed in is the magical section. But I had it narrowed down to two, and ultimately, I went with Billy Batson, Captain Marvel, at number nine. Uh, he's a great character. He basically is the 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 wish fulfillment character early on for kids. It's like I want to be a superhero. He's a kid that actually becomes one with with a magical word. And then what Johns and Frank did with him by making him like this shitty little kid who just, you know, puts up shields and he isn't Earth's Mightiest Mortal, but he's going to try, damn it. Hmm. You know, nice. just a cool character. And he's Magic Superman. So, like, he's a solid choice. Not... Uh, he was on my like top 20 shortlist, just for the record. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, that's also why I chose him over the other character who I'm sure one of you two will have. And I'll, I'll let you know when we hit it. Cool. I definitely do. Yeah. Aye, magic based. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know yeah, Connor's yeah, got someone. Yeah. Um, my number nine, is Supergirl, uh, as in the Kara Zor-El. Uh, I mean, not that I, I've actually. I've not read not some Danvers, of, huh? Not Carol I, Danvers. I, I've read some of Peter David's stuff, uh, and it's good. I like it as well. But now we're talking classic Kara Zor-El, Supergirl. You know, cousin of Kal El. You know, that Jeff whole, Loeb, Michael Turner. That whole shebang, Supergirl who's yeah. in the book just now, Supergirl who's on the TV show, um, she... 
I, I think I like the angle that comes with her. That can, you know, because Superman, he has this, you know, he was born in Krypton, he arrived here. Supergirl remembers it. She knew that life. Yeah. She remembers what it was like to go to school That's on the Krypton. the best thing about her. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it makes her a more interesting character in some ways. And it, and she has to live up to this this big cousin who was supposed to be a baby. If, if she doesn't already feel like shit that her parents and her planet's been destroyed, she now has to take lessons from the baby that she was supposed to look after. So there's this almost humbling and belittlement kind of yeah. vibe to it. Um, yeah. And I, I like the direction that the, uh, the recent like, ideas of her have been taken around, this idea of compassion, this idea that she tries to help in, in ways that maybe... Not that Superman wouldn't help in those ways, but he doesn't just think that way. Uh, and that, she's, she's making that her mission. Uh, and I've always been a fan. I, I, you know, I grew up watching the, the movie and stuff. The movie's not very good, but I, I did see it at an early age. Yeah. Uh, so she's been a part of my uh, superhero uh, kind of lexicon for a long time. So, Connor, number nine. Yeah, in, in the same way as uh, Matt was talking about wanting to hit the, the various aspects of the DCU, uh, this is this is one of those slots that get filled for me with uh, the the Green Lantern side. I, I don't love a lot of the Green Lantern characters. I think that I, I like a lot of them, but there's there's very few I, I love. But my favorite is Guy Gardner because he's just he's just the ultimate dude. He's so cool. He's he's just great. He's, and he he's a guy that's eye. like he gets you in trouble, and he's like, "Yo, but, but, it's yeah, funny, but then he's gonna then he's gonna buy you a beer, so it's yeah. all cool." If this isn't a setup for Red to the number one, I don't know what is. <laughs> oh man! So my number eight was Supergirl, but yeah. there's nothing I can add to that to what Pete said. So I'm gonna call an audible and go with a more obscure character. <laughs> okay. <And then> also, that's <laughs> here. Well, because it also fits in the. I had to sacrifice that spot to give it to Supergirl. Um, and it was someone from the JSA. And there's so yeah. many good JSA characters there. I, I, admittedly, I don't have any in my top ten, but I did have like two or three on my short yeah. list to get in there. And, it, and it's kind of a cheat, because Captain Marvel always was JSA, but he's my magical character. So I'm going to pick Jesse Quick slash Liberty Bell, yeah. um, who is the, the, yeah, who's the daughter of a speedster and a woman of super strength. And her powers are based off of basically an equation that she recites that gives her super speed or a motto that her mom used, which would give her super strength. And she can alternate between them by which one she picks. And she just, she's a fantastic character. I think she's married to our man. If I remember right, she's married to one of, one of the, one of the elements. Hmm. Yeah. Um, She's just a great character. John's did some great things. He shifted her from Jesse Quick to Liberty Bell. Yeah. After you know the the Flash stuff had happened before Barry had come back, so just great. But Jesse, I almost went Ted Grant too, but hmm. I, have a, I have a lot of dudes coming up, so I needed to add a little bit of femininity there. If if the ones I was thinking of to almost put in don't come up, I'll mention them at the end. Uh, yeah. If no one says. Yeah. Uh, my number eight is uh, I'm probably stealing one from Matt's from from higher up again, but uh, Lois Lane is my number eight. Too low, but okay. <laughs> honestly, sure. little spoiler here: she only just missed out on my list. Uh, she, she, she was at my eleven. She's the first lady of comics. Yeah, that, that, I mean that's basically yeah. it. She's also her personality is such of a firecracker. She's such a go getter. She's so tenacious. She'll get into places when she's not meant to she'll fight superman on things she'll do all this stuff and that's who she's always been too yeah. I mean, silver age 
Silver Age got a little wonky with her getting into trouble and Superman constantly having. But even early on, she was at Spitfire and and took it to them and was a uh, woman field reporter. I I think what's so perfect about it is that you get why he is head over heels for her. You get the attraction but, immediately because she is so attractive and I mean, sure, people they'll draw her attractive. In, fine, everyone's drawn attractive world in comics. That wants his help, she yeah. would prefer not to have it. Yeah, but she she yeah. respects him that he does help and mm-hmm. is yep. admires him for it. It's Yep. So very complex, and obviously you've even got that whole weird love triangle element as well with the, yeah. you know, doesn't Early like Clark on. but like Superman. That was the one positive to Man of Steel was her figuring it out, you know, mm. because she's that great of a porter. It, it's not going to be one of those things that they can just act like it's not exist. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but she's great, uh, Connor. Uh, for my eight, we're swinging back around to the JSA. Uh, uh, no, yeah, a lot of JSA yeah. on yours. I mean, uh, there's a few bits. That the JSA are probably my my favorite superhero team in general. Mm-hmm. So, so you yeah, haven't read yeah. enough Legion of Superheroes. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they may be my favorite team, but I can't. It's, it's kind of this weird thing where I like them as a a whole as a unit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why I had a hard time putting one on. No, no, I, like... I, I I get that. But uh, my eight is is Stargirl. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I think this is one of those Pete was talking about that it was it was maybe in the the running for him. Yeah, it was for me. Yeah, yeah, I think she's a a phenomenal character. Obviously, John's based after his own daughter, so it's you know very personal it's, for him, which is why she often has these very yeah. sister. Sorry, had these yeah. very personal stories. And I just I love that I I love that he, he looked at it and went, yeah, they're still calling her the new Star Spangled Kid. How about we make it a more digestible name? Yeah, Star Girl. Well, and and also you had Robinson wrapping up Starman, and yeah. Ted Knight needed somewhere mm-hmm. to go, so you know he bequeaths the the cosmic staff, and she becomes Star Girl, and it's it's what John says best with legacy. She is. is legacy, and that's JSA. Yeah, that, they, like I say, that is JSA, and I know she is is the idea of legacy, which is kind of why they're they're maybe the ultimate team for me in sense of DC at least, because they they represent what I think of as the DC universe, which is legacy well i think that's what probably appeals appeals to her for her to us is that she she is kind of like you know some of the other characters who we see more as a teenager at first and she grows into the role mm-hmm. yeah and and she's looking at it through this perspective of her legacy she has to live up to this you know mm. what does this mean for her to take on this mantle and i think it's just that some great story stuff for her and it's just a fantastic character cool yeah. seven my number seven is going to go to the greatest hero you guys have never heard of, and that's Booster Gold, which, of course, we've all heard of him, but that was his tagline. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's another hero I've not heard of that you keep claiming is pretty great. Nice. It was so easy. It is. <laughs> he went from a punchline to being one of the most interesting characters you know, from 52. And that's really where my love of the character comes from, is he gets he probably has the best arc throughout Fifty Two. Starts just as this pompous printing jerk who lost his best friend and doesn't know how to take it, to being a world class superhero. Do, do, do you know what he is actually at the start of Fifty Two? You've seen Mystery Men. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the like, the, the the pure like corporate hero in that uh, yeah. who has like the the Pepsi logos and stuff on. He's he's, yep. he's got sponsorship. He's basically that's that at the start. Yeah. Well, that's when when they were designing his character Fifty Two. They based it off of a NASCAR jacket, and you could see all who his sponsors were. 
you know, and through 52, he has this change and becomes a great multiverse hero and has now been like anytime something weird. He's almost like DC's kind of the watcher anymore. Anytime a big event happens, you get to see Booster Gold's perspective going, oh, that's not how that's supposed to work. So, and he, he has a whole time traveling origin, which I just love because he can't win in the future. So he comes to the past because he knows how it's going to go. So he's going to cheat the system. There. Yeah. And just his relationship with Ted Cord is. Yeah. There's a lot of Ted's. I realize this now, putting this list together. A lot of Ted's throughout DC. Ted Grant, Ted Cord, Ted Knight. But n- none of them are like huge either. It's like it's a lot of no. C listers named Ted. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a big deal. It's like Bruce someone and someone Bruce really wanted a Ted to make it big, and they just yeah. kept trying. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it just kept not quite. I mean, sure, DC nerds like us know them, but like they just didn't quite get to the point where. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, my number seven, and not super. Oh, this isn't like an obvious choice. I think in general, I think this is obvious for me. Uh, but number seven is the Waffle Queen, Stephanie Brown. There's the first Batgirl, guys. <laughs> She's the third Batgirl. She is the third. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, this is kind of like a simple thing. Like, I didn't know her super well when she, you know, back when she appeared, a spoiler, and she was dating Tim and all that stuff. So I've sort of dived back into some of it, uh, obviously, later on. But her Batgirl series, uh, 2009, 2011... Uh, that ran for about 24 issues uh, mm-hmm. is one of my favourites. I love that book. It's It basically takes the idea that's, you know, like a, a Buffy type of character and makes her Batgirl and it has her dealing with these different things. It's, it's got humour, it's got her dealing with stupid teenage stuff whilst also trying to be a superhero. It, and it's such a different dynamic to what, what I... I actually didn't read it at the time but I've, I've now read some of it since. It's the Cassandra Cain stuff which is very different. That's like a, a broken character who learned her yeah. first language is fighting and it's like a very intense character where Stephanie Brown's like the, a regular teenage girl who's just doing this because she's kind of fell into it and it uh, she, she's she's a fascinating little character it's just, just fun I recommend that Batgirl's run if for anyone who's not read it to do. Yep. Brian Q. Miller yep. fantastic. fantastic 24 issues great uh, reads super quick as well uh, one, it one, does. Uh, and maybe the best issue is an issue where she tries to teach Damien how to be a kid and it's, it's well. She has to babysit him. She gets the the biggest challenge of any hero, and that's babysit Robin. So mm. oh. no, that's Stephanie Brown, Waffle Queen, number seven. That's all right uh, for my seven. Another lady, but we're we're delving back into the magic, and uh, I'm oh. sure you you both know what's coming here. Say it backwards if you want to do this properly. No, I will not, because I will trip up on it. Because <laughs> I am very hungry. Because it has been a long time since I've eaten. <laughs> How do you say Red Hood backwards? To be fair, you know to, be, <laughs> to be fair, we could have all eaten it before we started recording this, and it still feels like a long time since we've eaten by the time we're done. <laughs> <laughs> true. That, that is true. I mean, I guess backwards it would be Anataz. Anataz. I think that's right, yeah. And I know yeah. that because she showed up, Anataz showed up in an issue of Countdown to Final Crisis, and she said words upside down. It was weird and awful, and I don't recommend Countdown to Final Crisis. Uh, I don't think anyone does. <laughs> uh, yeah. I want to see her and Bizarro try to have a conversation. <laughs> but you know, yeah. she, she's, she's trying to use magic, and he's trying to like, oh, someone who kind of speaks like me, but not quite. 
Yeah. Well, she yeah. literally says words backwards. Yeah. He gets the syntax backwards, so it would be. Yeah. That's yeah. why I, I said not quite, but it, like, yeah. yeah. But no, Just no, explain I it think... to people that might not know with Bizarro. <laughs> thinking that he's speaking words backwards. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, not yeah. quite. That, he's, that, yeah. that is true. But no, I love Tanner. I think she's obviously the, the epitome of the, the, the magical side of things, but I think she's also often the bridge to the, the superheroic sides as well, because. Unlike a lot of the the magic characters, she's actually good. She's like a good person rather mm. than just in it for the magic, which yeah. it, which makes her this perfect bridge between the worlds. Which is why I, I always connect with her quite nicely. Hmm. Cool. And uh, number six. So this is where my favorite ginger comes in, and Connor already mentioned him, but it's Guy Gardner. He's just lovable jerk. Does everything he does from even when he's the warrior and has this weird Voldarian technology coming through his DNA to having the warrior's bar that, you know, when he was in between stints as heroes mm. to, to even being in the Green Lantern Corps, taking over as drill instructor. He's just a lovable jerk. He's, and... he's that, that dick best friend, isn't he? Yes. He he's, he's the guy that was like, yeah, but it was funny though. Right. Yeah. And, and he'll, he'll pull shit like that all the time, but yep. if it came down to it, he's got your back. Yep. And now he's matured into a leadership position. You're just kind of like, this well, wait a is minute, not wait a minute. Well. He is matured into an eye uh, ripping out person. Oh, uh, yeah. Leadership position. I... That's what you do to bring in our kilo, Pete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was the ultimate show of leadership to 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 the yellows. I mean, yeah. you know, oh, okay. that was that's what did brings it them into line. Ring. Like he right. shut his ring off and said, "I'm going to go snatch an eyes," and that's what he did. So, but yeah, Guy Gardner, my favorite Green Lantern for the longest time it was Hal Jordan, but the longer I get from Johns, I realize I just like Johns' take on Hal Jordan. Hmm. But I've read multiple different writers on Guy, and I love them all equally. Whether it's Tomasi or um, I'm trying to think who else wrote him in since, but Tomasi's his really comes to mind from Emerald I mean, Knight. And, even Venditti at the minute, as, as much as we go, we, we really don't like his Hal. Yeah. His guy is fantastic. Yeah, that that it is. Mm, cool. Uh, my number six is Barry Allen. Who uh, I feel I feel like when we get to these bigger names, it's almost like what what, what do you even want me to say? <laughs> He's the Flash. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got stuff to say on the Flash when we get there. I, I, I think part of why I like the Flash so much, though, of course, is all the different avenues the story takes. So I, I think one of the things that DC does well with these different characters is that a Green Lantern story feels really different because it's in space and it's you know all these other things. A Flash story feels really different because you have time travel and you have you know more connections to multiverse and all these fantastic. And obviously, he's got a big rogues gallery and all the rest of it. Um, he he's kind of sometimes. He's sometimes overlooked as kind of a, a dull character, but he, especially in recent years, uh, I, I'm. I know some people aren't a big fan of it, but I actually really like the whole uh, reverse flash went back in time and killed his mum sort of uh, yeah. twist on his character because I feel like it gives him a drive. It gives him this this yeah. extra thing, especially with his, his arch nemesis. Uh, so, so for a while, Brian Buccioletto was coming to the comic cons here in Vegas, mm. so I got to talk to him a lot, and I got to talk to him about what makes Barry tick and why he's more than just a guy who runs fast and it and even before the stuff with his mom and, and thon happened it was he has a sense of justice that not even batman or superman has because he works in the justice system he's a crime scene investigator and 
it's his job to literally prove and that guy's done this. I, I think that's something that before he had this tragic origin as mm. well, even was, despite yeah. that, he still like he was like, no, I need to do something. I need to make things better. Oh, yeah, I can. sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I like the tragic origin, though, because it, it, it adds a bit of mystery to it. And also, because obviously there's, always, there's been this mystery of why does Reverse Flash, why, why does Thawne hate him? And yeah. we don't really know. And it's kind of, it's like, well, he must really hate him because he went back in time and killed his mother. Yeah, the, the, the mystery's not gone. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, I like that. I, li- I like what that does to him. Uh, but they're right. The, the forensic thing is really unique as well because he is the only one who's also, I mean, he's not, He's not exactly a cop, but he's basically a cop. Yeah. You know. He's... Uh, yeah. I, I think that... It puts this interesting spin on it, though, because he knows he needs evidence. He has to look for evidence rather than, say, Superman, who will punch the guy and bring him in. Well, that's... And just bring him in and let them deal yeah. with it. Special yeah. crimes unit can deal. But that, that's what happens with, you know... That's why the death of Eobard Thon is such a huge story from that era, because he becomes judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. And after... After he oversteps the line, Barry's like, "Well, I'm going to deal with it myself." And it, yeah, but it betrays and, who he is, and that's a big deal. Exactly. When it in that it drives Wally forward, going, "I can never let that happen. I have to be better than Barry," because the, look at all the consequences. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's that's basically it. And I I actually did debate taking him off for a reason. The or Wally soon. Okay. Uh, because because possibly Flashy's may all still be represented without him and I, I maybe wanted to mix it up but I didn't feel right yeah. moving him because he kind of deserves to be up there for me so no, I was just going to say it'll be really interesting to see by the end of this obviously we're all saying we would try to represent various areas mm. it'll be interesting to see if we all re- like end up with the di- completely different like flash mm. representation ah. but, uh, so you're going to have no. a new Wally then is what you're saying oh, <laughs> I or Bart or Bart yeah <laughs> Uh, so what are we on six? Six, yeah. Six, six. Okay, my six is Barbara Gordon, and again, this is another one of those where we're getting to the point where kind of goes without saying, she's one of those characters who's grown over over time so much that mm. typically in comics you don't see that often because there's such a just, it's just reset so often. Mm-hmm. Even if not in terms of like oh, as a universe reset, stories are updated and they're kind of in a perpetual state of the same. Whereas she has actually grown over the ages quite you, a lot. Do you know what I like about that as well? You know, so some I think Killing Joke over the years has drawn a lot more criticism for how it kind of treated her. It just kind of done it for what it meant in the story rather than really considering what it was for her. And I like the idea that other writers took what happened to her as an actual tragedy of writing on top of the actual tragedy of the character yep. and built something out of it, almost like the character herself went through. There's a yeah, nice, yeah, like... Story People there. say, oh, Killing Joke, you know, it, it has its its issues and whatever, but I wouldn't change it because it gave well, it, us it, it gave us what we mm. what we think of now as Barbara Gordon. Well, it gave us the best version, and for me that's Oracle. Because she's, you know, well, I'll just tack on because she's my number five, is Barbara Gordon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that rolled in nicely. It does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, right? So, you know, whether she's the first Batgirl, you know, and Commissioner Gordon's daughter and wanting to kind of ride that line between her dad and Batman to Oracle being like the go-to you need info in your superhero to to mentoring people like Stephanie Brown. Yeah. You know, in that book. 
really great in that series in the way that she's like, no, this is what Batgirl means. It's not just, you know, the, the suit. It's not being Batman. It's it's yeah. something else. Uh, as worth pointing exactly. out, that, that Batgirl Stephanie Brown series that I highly recommend, it does feature her in that book as a mentor. Yeah. Like she's a part, she's a main yeah, character she's, in she's, that. She's quite a big part of that book. And yeah. But even now where, you know, she's she's got uh, back in the suit, it feels like she still has experience. She's still grown as a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years and and that stuff still plays into her in in the suit now yeah and and then you get on her relationship with dick grayson and this is that's another one of my favorite things too yeah. because yeah. they kind of they grew up together but they, they're kind of always destined to do that dance around one another and come back and leave and be complicated and yeah it's just great cool uh my number five is wally west which is why i almost took barry allen off but you know what? No. Uh, what, what, <laughs> Wally wins. Wally wins. Um, because as much as I love Barry, oh. Wally, he, he's, oh. he, he's kind of the, the soul of the DCU, but he, it's also because he has that first giant representation of the idea of legacy. The he idea of taking the mantle. Legacy. Yeah. Yeah. And making it something for an entire generation. He's their Flash. He grew up, he became oh. the main Flash. He... He had years of good stories. He had, you know, I think he had the Mark Wade run. You had the Jeff Johns run. You had two of these yep. big Titanic runs that people look at and go, those were big deals in comics. I and will never him. forget where I was when he came back with the Lightning Saga. It, it's one of those moments that reading comics and you kind of hinting at it and then it's there. And there's a reason why you know when Rebar started and we were all like super excited that, that, that Wally coming back was the sign that we needed that yes things are changing for the better we understand oh. what went wrong yeah because... it, it was never that we had a problem with with new Wally it, I mean at, no. at the time I think he was much more less well less interesting because it had just been Vendee he wasn't really, developed well, as yeah we didn't really know who he was it was just he was just a random uh, kid yeah exactly but he wasn't Wally West no yeah but, uh, uh so no, I mean, that's that's basically also just the idea. Reading through Johnsy's run about about him uh, and the the ultimate message of that entire run, which goes through some dark periods, is that the Flash mm-hmm. is not about tragedy. The idea that he is avoiding this idea that he needs a tragedy in his life to be a superhero uh, is a yeah. really kind of kind of well that heartwarming. That story. is Hunter Solomon. That is his Zoom. Yeah. That's his mo. Is that you better hear through tragedy? And while he's like, nah, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number five, Connor. So, sticking with the flashes, I, I have Jay Garrick at five. Actually. Oh, man. <laughs> and, <laughs> you guys don't have any idea how this is going to cycle back through. Just, <laughs> um, I actually, so in sync sometimes. Remember I said there was a couple of JSA members that I was that yeah. almost made it? Uh, Jay Garrick's yeah. another one. <laughs> he, he's he's kind of the, the, the granddaddy of the DCU. He, he's, yes. he's there at the top. And it's this idea that you know, he was he's back in the, the, the golden age with, with Superman and Batman, but whereas they stayed as they were, he kind of disappeared for a while when we got to, to Barry Allen and, you know, things kind of moved on and we got the legacy, but once they brought him back, he meant they could age him up and he could have an impact in a whole new way that really just elevated him just to this entirely different level. Yeah. And, and the way he kind of looks after the whole Flash family, you know, the wider DCU as as a whole as well, but specifically the Flash family, like they're all, they all looked at him. He is the the family patriarch. Yep. He helped raise Bart Allen. Like they exactly. Sent him with him, yeah. So that that leads to my number four, which is the Flash, as the legacy 
from Garrett that's all the cheat, way up. That's cheating scumbag. No, no it's not because I couldn't pick. I can't pick who I want more. So it's, it's oh, characters, if, right? If someone was going to cheat. Oh, my God. I picked the Flash as a mantle. It covers all of the yeah. characters. It, it does. From Jay Garrett. <laughs> even Max Mercury you can throw in there. You know? Oh, even though he's not technically a Flash. But I can't pick. I can't pick between the Flashes because... For the longest time, Wally was my Flash. Mm. But I've read Barry now for an extended amount of time, and I really like Barry. And then there's Jay Garrick and everything he does. And then Bart Allen, who's no longer around, at least not yet, he's off hanging out with Connor in No Man's Land, you know? And, yeah. And then you had, you had Wally's kids, and it's just it's fantastic. Flash Rebirth really nails all of this. And Flash is about that. It is legacy. It's like Pete was talking with Wally West. He was the first hero to take on the, the sidekick, to take on the hero's role. Before, you know, Dick Grayson was ever Batman. Before, I'm trying to think, some of the others who have taken over. I was going to say, I, I, also, I love how the, the Flash is actually like a, a family. Like, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, obviously some of them are literally family. But yeah. others are, they, they are this just adoptive family. More so than, than you know, the Bat family. Because they're, they're... Much more spread out. They're, they're, oh. Some are tighter than others. Bruce just adopts everybody. It's sure. like, that's it. Sure. They're, you know, they're, they're maybe technically family, and, and they are, but they're, they're more spread out in, in the sense, whereas the Flash always feels like, no, this is one cohesive family unit that, you know, they could all live under the same roof. And that's, yep. you, you could almost have a sitcom of the Flashes. <laughs> just all I'd of them in a it. house. I'd, I'd watch that I'd so watch much. Hmm. Um... Speed house? I don't know. Um, I'll, so Fast my, house. Fast house. There you go. And then they, they could reboot it years later as Faster House. Faster. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Furious yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> no, you ruined it. Uh, my number four. My, my number four is Barbara Gordon. Uh, Shocker. Yeah, not, not a surprise. <laughs> but I left I left something because we were obviously talking about it when, uh, when Connor brought her up. But. I did leave one thing out to just add on to my my entry for, is I lo- everything I've said before I obviously agree with and we spoke, but I love that she forced her way into it, like she, like one of the things I love about Batgirl Year One specifically, but it's it's been a part of her character uh, throughout, is the idea that so Batman and Robin are a thing, and she decides to make her own costume and go and do it herself because she feels the need to do so. And Batman catches her and says, "No, stop that." But then Batman learns, she don't. No, she's not going to listen to you. She, she's going to do it anyway. You you can't win this fight. You can win a lot of fights, but you can't win this. Yeah, yeah. It gets to a point where where Bruce respects her determination. Yeah. He's like, "All right, well, if you're going to do it, must well do it properly." And this is this is a girl of two fathers. The two fathers being Jim Gordon, who is like you know the one noble cop left in Gotham, you know, in the early days, and then. Batman, who so she's got these two heroic f- figures to look up to and to yeah, to and, and one her. obviously works through the law and one yeah. out of it, which really shapes her as well. Yeah, and it really gives her a different a different perspective. Uh, and as every, every, everything was said about her going through changes and everything she's went through and all the rest of it, but um, but no, Barbara Gordon, number four, Connor, uh, Tim Drake. Uh, Tim Drake is is my favorite Robin. I think he is he is the best Robin. He is the 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 natural successor to Bruce as Batman. He is the detective. And we're talking about legacies. He is 
yeah, you know, yeah. Damien his own can, person. Damien can yeah. want it all he wants, but yeah. it's Tim's right if he wants it. You're number one. Jason's never going to touch it. So, <laughs> his own mantle. So, you yeah, know. His mantle's a bloody crowbar. And, and I feel that's why... <laughs> that's on his mantle. Um, I feel that's why Send Mr. Oz is taking him out. You know? Is you remove him from play, and you don't have someone meddling around. You already have to deal with that with Bruce and yeah. Barry. Tim's you don't need the teenage wonder. He's, he's smart enough, and he has the free time to yep. free himself up and he can figure these things out. Whereas, obviously, Bruce is always occupied with something else because, you know, but, By the way, just a quick side note since you mentioned the crowbar. Uh, Joker's finishing move in uh, Injustice 2 involves being, like, repeatedly slapped in the face with a crowbar. I just wanted to, wanted to put That's that That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, he also, he also puts you in the literature first and then hits you repeatedly with a crowbar. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> it's brutal as shit. Cool. <laughs> Not very funny. Not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> also, just to get back to Tim, just for a moment, before we move on, Who? I love his, his origin. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like the memory's fading. He's been gone so long. Yeah. Now. <laughs> oh, don't you dare. <laughs> I, I'm only jesting. I would never do that but to Tim. His, his origin of him you know, realizing that, that Batman needs a Robin to, to balance this out. And, and his, again, it's kind of similar to what you were saying about Barbara Gordon there, mm. where she, she was determined to do it. Tim does this as well. He figures it out and he proves himself. And it's, it's with Barbara. It's just the sheer determination that proves that she's just not going to give up. So, so she has to, you know, might as well not fight it. Whereas with Tim, he proved himself on an into intellectual level where it's like, no, he is my equal. He gets this. He earned this. He's, he's the only other character. Ra's al Ghul addresses as the detective. Yes. Mm, and I'm still pissed off. They stole that origin from him in new 52 and gave it to Dick. And I, I, I love Dick. Don't get me wrong. But hey, yeah, you do. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> I'm cutting that out of context. And look, if you, you want that sound bite, we can, do you know the amount of times we can cut that out of you saying that? Yeah, but Pete means it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what I mean when I say it. But I'm cutting that <laughs> yeah, out. Do you know, uh, I, I, I think that's a new Patreon uh, tier uh, for for what, what can I charge for that? That's worth a lot. I, I think like five hundred dollars. You can get an audio recording of Connor saying I love it. Break some laws now. Yeah. <laughs> Charging for loving dick is, is, is keep me out of that one. No implications. But oh yeah. god, yeah. No, in, in the new Fifty Two, they stole that origin. They gave it to Dick, and he had the moment where he he saw the the teeth grinding. And he was like, oh, that that, that Batman. That's, that's, that's it does the same as Bruce, doesn't he? And it it just really cheapened it, and that annoyed me. I'm still annoyed. I'm still bitter years later. It doesn't even really matter anymore. I'm still bitter. Ah, we can. We're erasing that slowly from history. Yeah, we are. Yeah. So, but I All right, number three, Matt. I wonder how similar our number, th our top three are, because I feel like none of us have mentioned any of my top three yet, and I feel like we're all going to have yeah, the same three my, my, There's two in mine that I, that I guarantee. Obviously, one of mine's actually a villain as a spoiler. Oh, so right, that's, okay, yeah. okay. So, so my number three is Lois Lane. Again, first lady of comics. She's she's a hero in her own right without having to ever put on a costume. Although she has in in times, but yeah, Pete, Pete already talked about her at his number eight. But she's bar none my favorite of the female characters, hmm. uh, and she's a perfect match for for Big Blue. And now she gets to be super mom, and like we talked about earlier, you get. A lot of great expressions from her trying to raise the super-powered preteen. And that's a whole new challenge. 
to be an initial reporter. But yeah, lowest lane number three. Let me guess Pete's three. We've already gone through all the back girls. Uh, I'm calling my shot right now. It's Commissioner Gordon. It's Superman. Oh, you crap. Oh, that is, that is like heinously low for Matt. <laughs> number three no, is heinously I, low? <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't really think you were going to put him on there because you knew, you knew I was going to represent so hard. Oh, no. So like... I figured... He's still got to be on there, isn't he? Look, Superman... Uh, there was two superheroes as a kid that made me love superheroes. And Superman was one of them. All right? So you're going to go, Spider-Man and Batman, and then <laughs> Superman. <laughs> no, I, you know, that's why I think the first time I ever saw anything Spider-Man was in 2002 when the movie came out. I'd never seen the animated series. I, I didn't see it either, actually. Yeah. Wow. I just missed it. Same with X-Men. I've never seen the X-Men cartoon growing up. I, I saw little bits of X-Men, but, wow. but you used to... Batman animated series in front of me, you know. Oh, I know. It's time to sit down and put the lights out and. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, so I don't care how old I am. Superman. I mean, again, like, what, what the hell do I say about why Superman just don't? Put... So Superman is he is the the superhero. He's the archetype of superhero that everyone aspires to. There's a reason why people say, what's your kryptonite? There's a reason why when someone's describing a weakness to say, that's your kryptonite. There's a reason why uh, people, can, when they're doing like a, a spoof of a superhero, the costume always looks similar to Superman's because he is the superhero. Without Superman, we have none of this. We have no DCU, we have no Marvel Universe, we have none of it. None of it exists if Superman wasn't well, created. Well, Superman, Marvel is still timely. Think about that. Think about that. They're doing more comics, not superhero comics. Mm-hmm. So I meant, guys. Okay. Yeah. Connor. Excellent. Excellent point. All right, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is Lex Luthor. Uh, I think another not, Superman. Yeah. Not only is he the, my, my favorite villain in the okay. DC universe, I think he's my favorite villain of all time in this, anything. This is a swerve for me. Mm-hmm. Because I am not sure what your top two are now. Because oh, I f- oh. because <laughs> I feel like there's hmm. things it, just got exciting. Because not only is there it means one a, of the ones you're expecting is no longer on my top ten. But that's the thing, though. Even out of the stuff that I had, there's another one that I also expect you to have. Mm. So there's actually like there's like four that y'all I would, can guess my two. It's not even yeah. a surprise. There was yeah. like four I was expecting from you. Or I could have expected from you from this top three, and that was none of them. <laughs> so, okay. I'm curious. But continue, Lex Luthor. And to be fair, if if I did actually just forget one when we come to it, and I'm like, shit, I really should have put that in there. I did knock this list up while you guys were talking about Super Sons. True. <laughs> no, you went shit. True. I needed a room spot for Red Hood. So there, there was so, only two villains that came close to getting onto my list, and I I wanted to keep it more, you know. I assume Lex was one of them, but. Lex was no. one of them, Poison Ivy was the other. Poison so, Ivy was close to mine as well, actually. Yeah. But Lex Luthor is, like, he, he's my favorite villain in all of media. Like, I think he is just such a phenomenal villain. It's, you know, he, he doesn't think he's a villain. The idea that he thinks he is mankind's greatest mm-hmm. hope, he's their savior. And uh, it's just every iteration, if it's businessman, scientist, whatever, that they all work because. Businessman, that... scientist is the greatest. Sure. <laughs> but the point is. <laughs> 
those details don't even matter. It's this core concept of Lex's jealousy and his superiority that make him who he is. Yep, no, I I agree with that. He's he's petty, and that's my favorite take on him as Jeff Loeb in Superman for All Seasons, where everything was going great, and then the aliens showed up. That's all... That's all you need to know, isn't it? Yeah. Even right now, the fact that he wants to be called Superman, it's it's all about it's all about measuring that dick. That's all it is. It is. It is. is. That's great. But he's such a great man, and you know, in a traditional respect, he does all these great things. He has this big company. He's so successful. It all doesn't matter to him because someone else can one up him. Someone else out there is is getting by on natural talents that he didn't work for. That's just given to him and. Lex worked for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of the ultimate capitalist in that sense. Yeah. Well, that's and that's that's the thing. When when Superman start, he was the everyman. He was the I'm going to fight for the rights of the people, and who's holding them down? It's these you know corporate overlords, and that's why in in Morrison's Action Comics run, that's why he's the businessman scientist version. Yeah. That you know, and it it works perfectly. It does. So. Matt, Although I'm that sure. just ruined that that jag ruined my my segue, which is going to be speaking about dicks. <laughs> and number two is Dick Grayson, the heart of the DC universe. You know, you said that uh, Wally is the soul, mm-hmm. and that's why they go together so well. Uh, he is the the guy that ties everyone together. Everyone loves Dick Grayson. Everyone loves Dick. You know, and if yep. you say you don't, you're a liar. He's my favorite Batman. He's he's my favorite Robin, even though I realize that Tim's the best Robin, and Damien may might encroach on that territory. My favorite always is is the guy that you know he was raised doing it, and he wants to be different from his from his dad. That's why he goes and becomes Nightwing and handles it on his own way. Yeah, it's nothing much else I can say. Cool. Uh, my number two. Is Batman? What? I hate you. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I almost thought because I was like, okay, so oh, Matt's not yeah. got Batman. No, I don't. Uh, duh, I of course, Matt Batman. doesn't. No, I have a Batman. I have uh, Batman as a mantle. It includes all Batmans. <laughs> I mean, you uh, could do that, and Bruce still wouldn't be the top Batman. It's still Dick. So <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But I'm talking about Bruce Wayne here. I'm talking about the Batman, right? Uh, Who the hell's your number one? I am lost. I thought you think you <laughs> I, don't, know? I don't. I don't think he's had dick yet, has he? I've had plenty of dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Batman. Batman is the character that, like, obviously, I grew up in the animated series. Batman. You know, the movie Batman Begins is the thing that made me read a comic book. It was. You're, you're the story that they tell. Yeah. That it, these movies will drive you to the, the comics. It, it was, it was his his story. It's his drive. It was kind of realizing who the Batman actually was and understanding the character that made me fascinated and made me want to go digging and dive deeper. And what is what is the character actually? It's not just this goofy Tim Burton ass movie and yeah. you know, like you know Batman and Robin from '97. Like it's not that. There's more to this. There's actually good stories in there that are that are deeper. There's gravitas. There's gravitas. That's a good word. Yeah, the idea that the city's corrupt and he has to fit, rise up against it. It's not just oh, my parents got killed, and now it's kind of vengeance as I take my you know my my bloodlust, if you will, out on the criminals of the city. It's Great not color. that. 
<laughs> Donut. If I had a drink next to me, I would. But we've been going so damn long that it's I gone. Realized, yeah, I just, I just realized that if Connor doesn't have red hood, I'm gonna walk. <laughs> but yeah, Batman. I, and I understand yeah. how important Batman is, and he is responsible for a whole generation of comic readers at this yeah. point. Yeah. Between the animated series and all the movies, and there's a reason he translates well over. Yeah, I, I know, think it's, he's it's iconic. The, it's the idea that he again. It, it, it comes back to kind of like well, like Barbara. It's that determination. It's that I don't give a shit what you well, throw at me. I'm coming for you. He's Lex Luthor. If Lex Luthor had, that's the word I'm looking for. Not morals or ethics, but you know, like an integrity to him. Because hmm. Bruce Wayne could easily be Lex Luthor, and you know, be defined by the chip on his shoulder. But he's not. He wants to be better for humanity. You know, yeah. and he's he, if he has to push it there himself, he will. And even the yeah. idea of like becoming this bat character to instill fear, and you know, the idea of theatricality to to do this to become a character that makes people fear, or even just makes people think you're a symbol, so that you can be used in this way. That yeah. that very idea is basically almost an analysis of superheroes that yeah. you make them larger than life to make them mean something that that makes yeah. them what they are and the idea that he chooses to do that he uses that as a tool is kind of fascinating uh and yeah obviously some some writers go a bit nuts and they make him basically as indestructible as superman without ever actually saying it but that's because just that but that, that's basically just the fault of action movies and stories in general really i mean well, it's lazy writing yeah and that, that's what morrison always pointed out you have the back god who you know he was never interested yeah. in writing he wants it, to write the Batman. The, the point I'm making, though, he's not the character that's guilty with. No. He's not the only character that's guilty with. It. Every, you know, go watch Die Hard Four and get, complain why die, you know, why someone why Bruce Willis is the Terminator, um, yeah. and that makes it fun. But also that the idea that he at his core does feel like an unstoppable force. I love that idea that if if he set his mind to it, nothing's going to get in the way of doing it. Uh, Did you ever read the Superman Batman story where he ends up with Superman's powers and he gets drunk with? With power, I don't think it did. No, yeah, it's really good. It's from that uh, that Batman, Batman Superman run that Jeff Loeb started. Yeah. It's high up. It's in the forties or the fifties, but something happens. They swap powers, and where Superman can compartmentalize. Oh, wait a minute. Was, what do you mean swap powers? <laughs> <laughs> they swap powers. They. What does Superman get? Superman's powers get nothing. That's, well, that's not a that's swap. It. It's 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 uh. It's just Superman. taking and giving yeah. to the other. Okay. <laughs> but, so, Batman now has all of the the stuff of Batman, the drive, the determination, all of this, plus the powers of Superman. And it kind of drives him mad, and he starts chasing the night, because it's always night somewhere. Hmm. And Superman has to get together with Alfred and Dick Grayson and, and this core group of people to rein him in until they can... Superman's powers back into Superman. It's like a three-issue arc. I, I, if you guys can track it down, I highly recommend it. Uh, they've done the big thick trades of that. I think they're almost done with it, actually. They've been doing the whole yeah. thing. Uh, I did plan to read it all at some point. I've read the first couple of trades before. but Yeah, I've know, read the first two trades. Yeah, you know, the Supergirl introduction and uh, you know the first oh, arc. Yeah, I've nice. read those for sure. Uh, and I might read the third one as well. But... Um, no, but even just, you know, Batman's rogue gallery is so diverse. 
Uh, but I like the idea that, and this is maybe some of my favourite Bat stories, are when they properly treat his villains like a horror story, and he has to deal with these horrors, you know. Uh, Grant Morrison's uh, Arkham Asylum, A Serious House and A Serious Earth, when it feels like he's got into the madhouse. The, the fact that he has a, an insane asylum where his villains are stored, when that's where they're imprisoned, uh, kind of brings the idea that Batman can be this horror story on top of, you know, Superman, it's big monsters, uh, not, not always, but you know you can do that kind of thing. Grunald is in space, Flash is sci-fi, timey-wimey stuff, more, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman is more mythical creatures and mythical ideas. Batman is these closer to, you know, someone could be the Joker. So, someone, and that almost makes him more horrifying because it is just a an insane person. Uh, and likewise, that whole, you know, he's also a force of nature, so you have this force of nature versus force of nature aspect. Uh, on either side of the coin, and I, I like that. I like that examination of uh, mm-hmm. humanity almost. Uh, but no, that's Batman. I get that. But uh, before I give my number two, I just want to say to narrow it down a little bit further. Batman is not on my list, mm-hmm. and that's because a lot of what you were saying there is kind of the way Matt was talking about Flash. You were talking about the the idea of Batman, and I get that. But when I was thinking of characters, Bruce Wayne is is what I was, I'm looking at here. Yeah. I'm going for me. Bruce Wayne is not on my top ten. Batman as an idea is, but Bruce Wayne isn't. So but it he, got a bit murky. But here's the argument here that I'd give you with that: is I think he is Batman, and Bruce Wayne's the mask. Well, it depends where you, which, when, what run you look at. I mean, if you look at the run right now with Tom King, I'd say absolutely not. Bat, Batman, it, it's Bruce Wayne. It's, it's he's there. He's this this broken boy who lost his parents that's that's what this is mm, i still think i think that's always a part of him though i i don't think i've ever i think with superman there's definitely a clear distinction where sometimes it's they, they'd make it more about it's clark and superman's just a costume he puts on to do what he does and then sometimes no he's superman and clark's a sort of disguise to sort of trick people and then sometimes it's neither sometimes it's the farm boy and those two but i feel, I feel like with batman the idea that the Batman himself is who he is, like that's how that, he's determined to do that. The actual Bruce Wayne that we mostly see is just the the facade. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. It, again, it depends how you want to look. But for me, I, I couldn't put the Batman as an idea uh, uh, in one of my top characters because Bruce Wayne, while he has things going for him, I don't find him that interesting compared to you know any of the others that I've mentioned. Hmm. I see what you're saying, but for me, the way yeah, I interpret yeah. it, Batman I, I, is the character. Say, I can see it both ways. I just yeah. wanted to justify why I don't have it on my top ten. So my number two is Superman, and I, I feel like what, what can we say that hasn't been covered? I, I mean, Pete's already just gone on about it, and really, I want to wait and let I, Matt. Have I've, his yeah, I've got, a fe- I've got a feeling Matt's about to yeah, go yeah. nuts with well, this. It's, it's not really a surprise at this point, is it? But you know, I'll let him have his real moment in a minute. But it's, it's the idea. <laughs> Uh, Peter mentioned that it was it was Batman and Batman Begins that got him into comics. Hmm. For all its faults, for me it was Smallville. It I accept it is not a good show. I I do not pretend to argue no. otherwise, but it holds a special place in my heart for it introducing me. Properly. I mean, obviously I I watched yeah the Superman movies as a kid, but yeah. you know they, they, that introduced me to the mythos on, on a, a bit of a larger it, scale. Get into Clark's head. Yeah, and show. and it made me show it showed me things where I was like, 
I want to see more of this. I want to know more about these things. And it's it's so I, I had to go and look for that those answers in in the comics, obviously. Whereas with with the movies, I never felt the need to to dive deeper because it never presented those ideas. It was just no, this is a good movie. Uh, admittedly, I'm a little bit late with this joke because I was letting the cat in uh, over there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what do you mean inside his head? There's nothing in his head in that show. He's, it's, it's just air. Tom well Tom Wellen, it looks like the emptiest human being I've ever seen in my life. Uh, well, that's because he's Kryptonian. He's not here, Pete. <laughs> Kryptonians still have brains. Yeah, it's brainiac, and that's why. I, I like how that just proper stumped you for a second. Throw <laughs> curveballs. We're gonna we're gonna jump to number one, and I had a. I, I realized making my list, I didn't have a member of the Legion of Superheroes on my list. Right, I gotta rep the Legion, but when you have Superman as your number one, you always rep the Legion because. Without Superman, there is no Legion. And that's why I love the Legion so much, because they are inspired by Superman to be better than what you are. Sure, he was born with these powers and the sun gives it to him, but he was raised properly by the Kents, and he still wants to be a good person. He has all of this power, and the old adage of, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. He won't let that happen. And that's why I always have such issues with the whole evil Superman trope, whether it's in comics, games, movies. Because I feel as much as the back odds lazy writing, evil Superman is kind of evil, or evil, kind of lazy writing. It, Unless you're going to do something it, it, it like is. Red Sun and put it a spin on it where he's not actually evil, it's just it's a different culture he was raised in. And it's different. You yeah. know? But he's, he's also the ultimate, you know, he's an alien he is an immigrant and he doesn't let those circumstances determine his future and he goes on to become a reporter and so he's he's changing the world through being a superhero but also by trying to cover it as news yeah so, yeah it's, and, it's in the same way that we talked about how you know barry has this need to to yep. investigate the through the law with the forensic justice yeah clark's kind of the same where he has the to get truth. to the, the truth of things, and he does that through being a reporter. So, so, yep. Don't, don't, don't sit in that. <laughs> Windows noise. Yeah. Cat. No. No. But yeah. yeah. So, I mean, oh, and you just look. Superman is. Whereas Batman's very proactive, Superman's reactive. And that's something I can always identify with. Is yeah. He has to take the punches as they come. He can't go out there and. You never know when Brainiac's going to invade. This is just this is just going off something you said a second ago. I was distracted by cat uh, lying on yeah, the keyboard. Yeah, I saw. Um, I like I like to think that Batman and Superman are very. I mean, I say this a lot about them being two sides of the same coin in a lot of ways. But I like the idea that Superman is an example of what happens when you have two kind, loving parents who give you everything, and Batman's an example of how you might not have that and still come through okay. But they're both very different as a result they, of those. They complement each other, and yeah. that's. That's why I love when they're the world's finest and you can put them together. And if you're listening and haven't read Public Enemies, the the Jeff Loeb, uh, Ed McGinnis, it's the first volume of Superman Batman that we were talking about earlier. Jeff Loeb does this really cool thing where he has the alternate character talk about the other. So there's a narration box next to Superman mm-hmm. and it's Batman's take on, on why he admires Clark. And then it's the opposite with Clark to Batman in... And again, it's not Superman and Batman talking about each other. It's their alter egos 
talking about the superhero. Yeah. And it's just this really clever way that it sets them up. They're different, but they, they're equal. Yeah. yeah. I, I think one. that book is a, a really easy one to say to people. This is why they work so well as a pairing, not just as exactly. individual characters. This is what makes them a, a unique pairing. It's what makes yep. the DCU. The, the fact that so many of these characters, you put them together and they have interesting relationships. And they're interesting yeah. because they're so different. And I, I think that's maybe part of the failing of the movie. Not to go on a tangent about the movies, but I think that's part no. of the failing of the movies is that they're trying to make everything feel like it belongs together. But the reason why it worked in the books is because they don't belong together and it's the differences that make them spark. Yeah, and, it's, and that's kind comics... of the idea of, 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 yeah. of America is, you know, it's all these cultures that clash together. Mm-hmm. and it, you know, It's a patchwork quilt. Yeah. Like, if you look at a patchwork quilt in, in tiny little compartments, yeah, it looks like a mess. But you look back and you see how each complements the other, how Flash and Batman recently can can be total bros about the justice system and figuring things out to, you know, when Superman and Martian Manhunter, when they have a thing, because they're both the last of their kind and they both want to do right by their legacy. And it's just, it's these fun little things that you can do. So, and that, you know, and, and with legacy and whatnot i think that i think i figured out pete's number one is, is to get to it. <laughs> um well i, I think well i also love batman and superman is when they, they sit down together sometimes batman and superman will just sit down and talk about how much they both love dick and i feel like yeah. <laughs> and i feel like that leads me nicely yeah. to my number one uh which is dick Grayson, and that mm-hmm. this this is partly because he's a product of both batman and superman in a really yep. weird way, you know, uh, he's the child of the DCU who grew up and became something himself. Um, Dick becoming Batman and him trying to live up to that up to that name when he doesn't really even feel comfortable doing it out of a sense of duty is one of my favourite sort of time periods in Batman's sort of history. Yep. Um, his relationship with everyone is great. His relationship with Wally, his relationship with Alfred, Damien, obviously Bruce, Barbara. He has such good relationships with so many characters. Um, he was with Connor Kent when he died. Like, they were buddies. Um, oh, you... <laughs> uh, so, no, that, I mean, I, I don't want to harp on it. I think it's obvious that why why someone likes Dick. He is, he is Batman meets Spider-Man, and that is glorious. Yeah, that's fair. So... Before I, I say mine, Pete, you said there was there was a few options that it could have been. You weren't sure. What what have you, what were the ones left that it could be? I forget. What, what have you said for four, three, and two? <laughs> four, three, and two were Tim Drake, Lex Luthor, and Superman. If it's Constantine, you're fired. I I, I was expect. Uh, well, you explained Batman. I was expecting the Batman at some point. Yeah. I was right. also. I think I know your number one is. Uh, maybe okay. I don't because I was also expecting a decoration. But I don't think it's Dick Grayson. I think I know what your number one is. What do you think? But it is? I think it's really weird that you didn't have Dick Grayson now that we've got to the end. It's Wonder Woman. What What do you think my number one is? Oh, it's Catwoman. The, the, the... You're wrong. It's Dick Grayson. Oh. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not Red Hood. <laughs> <laughs> now you're one off. He was next. He was, he was next corner. <laughs> uh, to give To give my reason, uh, along with obviously everything you've just said. Yeah, uh, there's been a, maybe some themes of my list as to what make up the various aspects of the DC universe. Obviously, there's been the ideas of legacy. Uh, when I spoke about Zatanna, I spoke about you know how she bridged worlds. Uh, when I spoke about uh, Barbara, I talked about the evolution of a character. 
Dick Grayson is all of that. He is everything about the DC universe in one. Hmm. No, I, I can concur. Uh, Joe, yes, Joe, he... This is part of why I love DC so much, and this is kind of, I guess this is a really nice sort of point to go to to wrap up this 52 episode yeah. epic discussion about all these characters. Yeah. Is that, okay, I didn't like that my, my top 10 had a lot of characters from the same sort of families, right? I was trying to, I, I was trying to even minimise that a little bit when I noticed it. But then I thought, why is that? Why do I feel that way? It's because these characters end up with such great legacy and supporting characters that you end up caring about almost as much, or in this case, more than the original character. That yeah. that that's part of what makes DC DC is the legacy, it's the connections, it's the relationships between them. And uh, like, would I love Barbara Gordon as much if there wasn't a Dick Grayson? Would I love Dick Grayson as much if there wasn't a Batman? Would I love like they all build each other up? There's there's a pyramid kind of thing going to it. With obviously yeah, red to the top for Connor. There's a network of of characters, and I feel when when you try to compartmentalize them all, and like no, you're over here and you're over here, and you can't interact with here, but this, these guys over here, it doesn't make for great world building, hmm. and it makes the universe feel fractured. At the core, that was the the problem with the new Fifty Two was that they. Yep. They, they they literally when it got to solicits they called things this is this family this is this family yep the and dark and... yeah yeah but they never interacted outside of their families except for very very rare occasions yeah and and that was well, the real problem yeah well that's why it was awesome when it started to wind down and you had you had the Grayson series and there's that whole issue about him and Superman yeah and you're like oh yeah even in the new fifty two they still have a relationship because he's you know, and by the, the way, the kid partner. Never underestimate that shot of like, the entire of, of one of the families in the same panel. You know, all the Bat family, mm-hmm. all the Super family. Happened with Super family yep. uh, recently in action when he was collecting them yeah, all. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or he had a vision of them all rather. It wasn't so much that he was collecting. Yeah, them yet, yeah, but, but they were all there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like whenever that happened, because you know, I I remember you know back in that sort of really special Batman time when Dick was Batman, Drish just came back. We had Stephanie Brown, Oracle was Babs, Cassandra was uh, I think Black Bat was what she was going by at the time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And you had Red Hood, you had Nightwing, you had all all these. Or Dick was Batman, but whatever. Right. You had and there was just a shot and Damien was there and it was all the family together uh, and I think maybe Kate was there as well and it was like. Holy shit! There's just like this big extended family, and Superman has that, Flash has that, Green Lantern has that now. Uh, they all have it. Uh, Wonder Woman oddly doesn't have a family, but I guess that kind of works for her because she's this and, kind of. She is I this tried, outsider. Yeah, I tried to have her on my list because I she, really love Rucka. Yeah, she she was in, she was in contention for number ten uh, for me, but ultimately I decided against because. Yeah. It felt hollow to me. It felt like because... I was putting her there because I, I felt like I was supposed to put her there rather than because I really yep. felt it. That that was the same. It's yep. like obviously Wonder Woman is you know the big she's part of the Trinity of DC. She yeah. is yeah. up there, and that is indisputable. But, but I felt like I don't have a... that same connection to her that I do any of these other characters. And, and that's that's I, ultimately what I did. Hey, I felt yeah, like, hey, that said, I though, definitely couldn't have put that on there if I did, if, if yeah. by the same logic I would have had to have had Bruce Wayne yeah. Batman on there. Yeah, I mean. That said, though, a few more runs like this one, and maybe my 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 connection to oh, it absolutely. grows stronger. Yeah. Uh, that, that's the thing. None of this is set in stone. These things can change with good stories. And for the record, yeah, she's she was in contention for ten, so she's like number eleven or twelve or thirteen, like in that range. Yeah, she's yeah. probably in the the fifteen to twentieth range for me. Yeah, hmm. uh, yeah I'd have to you know ballpark it. I'd have to actually. Yeah, I'd have to sit part. there yeah. and think about it. Uh, same with the villains. I I I I didn't want to knock any of these off for a villain. As much oh. as I yes, I probably like the Joker more than. 
at least Jessica Cruz, sure. Uh, it just it feels weird to. Yeah. yeah. So I stayed I, away from Because I, I really wanted to put Catman or Deadshot on there too, as as more obscure. Uh, you know, from Secret Six, which was a story that I love. But... I think I think off the top of my head, I'd have to really think about it to do, do a full list, but I'll give you like three off the top of my head: Joker, Eobard Thawne, and Sinestro. Those are your, those are my three, and then then yeah. I dive deeper after that. Yeah. Lex Luthor, Poison Ivy, Captain Cold. Oh, Lex, yeah. And Cold, I like Captain Cold. I'm not as big in Poison yeah. Ivy as you guys are, but which is yeah. good. I, I think Poison That's because you hate the environment. You don't like yeah. to go outside like we do. I, I actually think Poison Ivy's <laughs> at her best when she's not a villain. It's when she's mm. with, you know, the other sirens. I think she's at her absolute well, best then. I like when she toes the line because I like, like, like her and Two Face, they could have been good guys. Yeah, but yeah, she just goes about the wrong way. Let's shut up, because, because top 10 villains might very well be the, the 100th episode discussion, so let's just, <laughs> let's just cut this in the bud right now. All right. There we go. We're done? Yeah. Did we finish? Yeah, good. we finished. All right. We did. I mean, so, what, but no, it's four quick, hours no. after we started recording? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just wanted to tell people, if they're interested in that story, it's called Super Slash Bat from Superman Batman. All right, cool. And it's issues... 53 to 56 of that first volume, I think. Cool. Um, yeah. So, check all right. that out. Wrap-up stuff, then. <laughs> okay. So, first things first, let's announce the book we're doing for the, the fifth week this month. Uh, the trade we're going to do, because obviously there's less books in the fifth Legion week. of Superheroes! Yeah, we did it, guys. Uh, actually, uh, Matt, Matt's jumping the head here. He's, try, he's trying to rig it. Uh, in fact... Teen Titans, the Judas Contract, not only won, it won almost 100% of the vote. So, clearly, <laughs> that's what it's our what patrons want to hear, isn't it? Yeah. So, Teen Titans, Judas Contract is what we're going to talk about on the fifth week after the main issues uh, for the week. So, if you want to also read it as well, so you can, you know, if you've not read it before, you can Listen. join that, in. That'll be the episode coming on the, the 3rd of June, just so you've got a, a nice date for when you've got to have it read by. Yes, yes, that sounds about right. Uh, so... Yeah, so that, that's happening. So to keep in mind, uh, patrons vote in that if they're in the five dollar tier or up. Uh, you also get some bonus content uh, on Patreon if you're in that tier. Um, just this week, Connor did a written review of the new Dragon Age comic, the issue one, um, coming this weekend. Oh, my cats are chasing around. They're, they're getting restless. It's been too long. Uh, yeah. Coming this weekend, um, we'll me and Connor are going to have a review of the Power Rangers Pink trade paperback, which is the six issue miniseries about. Kimberly after she already left the Power Rangers uh, so if that sounds of interest me and Connor are going to do a video review on that uh, me and Matt are going to be doing an issue 20 review of Archie which sounds random but we're going to keep doing it uh, month to month um, sure and, and me and Connor are also looking at the main Power Rangers series as well uh, to start doing that issue to issue and these two do have Star Wars plans we're just waiting until things calm down after another week or two before Connor we'll keeps telling me to read Doctor Afro, and I keep telling him no. But, <laughs> but there's a crossover. I know. That's why I haven't read it yet. I hate oh, you. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> Look, uh, last time I told you to read something, and you said I know. No. I know. I hate you. <laughs> that's why I hate you. So, uh, so that that's bonus content for non DC stuff that we're doing, and obviously there's other issue ones that we're going to try, and we're doing Black Magic next month at some point, uh, the first trade, but. Uh, so that that's all that stuff's in the five dollar tier. Uh, the voting in the weekly best book, best art stuff polls 
uh, that's in the $1 tier. So if you want to help us out, you want to support the, the podcast uh, and everything else we do with the movies and stuff, uh, head over to patreon.com slash TV and see if you, you fancy uh, doing any of that stuff. Um, I'll also add, actually... Um, and This gets longer every week, I swear. Uh, no, 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 this is just a one-time thing, because uh, I had this thought... Um, Obviously, this is a podcast. We have an audio version that goes on our audio feed, and a lot of people, you know, listen to us that way. Um, we do all of our other reviews just as videos on YouTube. I'm just curious if you would like us to put the Wonder Woman review when we do it as an audio in the in the podcast feed uh, for the comics folk. Um, just let us know. Uh, tweet at us, uh, messages on YouTube or uh, even Patreon. Um, because we can do that, it's easy. I can just take the audio from the, the review and you get it as an audio podcast like this. This is this is the Wonder Woman movie. Yes, Wonder Woman movie. Yes. Uh, you know, in a, in a few weeks' time when we review it for YouTube, we could take the audio and put it in as a, an audio episode bonus, oh, if you will, on the feed. Keep that to be good. If you keep want to. Um, keep in mind that we did hate Batman v Superman and we did hate Suicide Squad. But that said, Rocka said it was good. So, <laughs> fingers well, crossed. <laughs> It's, it's question is what, what what did Rocker <laughs> say about BVS? I'd have to go and find out. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 the real. Test, that's a good question. It? That is a really good question. Uh, but here's hoping. Here's hoping. So that may be more negative than we usually are uh, about the books. Uh, but here's hoping. Uh, so let, let us know if you want. If the audio folk who get the audio, obviously, if you if you watch this on YouTube, you don't care. You only watch it on YouTube anyway. That's how you watch us. But if you want it on the audio feed, it's very easy to do. Uh, to put it in as like a separate audio file. So. Let us know. Uh, but that is us. That is that brings an end to this mammoth 52nd episode. Thank you very much for sticking around. I hope that extra stuff was enjoyable. I hope the discussion and debating was fun. Uh, by all means, celebrate with us. I don't know. Play, play a drinking game along with the podcast, and every time, uh, every every time I make a joke about Red Hood or Connor Kent, take a drink. Man, I'm not sure if I'm even brave enough to do that. <laughs> Especially not in this like four-hour-long epic. To be to be fair, I mean it's kind of stupid that I said that at the end of the show. They'd have to go back to the start and go right. Let's start that four hours again. Anytime <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bring up Wonder Woman issue eight, Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah, you can do that going forward. Yeah, yeah. Matt brings up Wonder Woman issue eight. That's three fingers. Red Hood joke. That's just one. All right. What about my Connor Kent jokes? Connor's They're pretty good. Problem. Things I've learned today. I think if it if it's just a basic one, wondering if it's got some thought into it, we'll we'll, we'll call it a two. If it's a cool setup, like yeah, okay, yeah, I, I get you, I get you. Uh, but now, thanks so much, guys. Uh, we've made it a year, made it to fifty-two episodes, uh, and we appreciate everyone who watches or listens. Uh, it means a lot to us, so thank you very much. Let us know what you thought of this week's books and stuff in the comments below on YouTube, where you can tweet at us. Like I say, you can. You, all that stuff. Uh, See, so yeah, I can't it even speak now. It's, it's been it's been such a such a long show. Uh, so thank you very much, uh, guys on Twitter Matt, at mailed underscore fuzz, individual twitters at wibble eighty nine for me at Connor Ryan ninety four for the ginger at Matt of Steel fifty seven for the big bear with the goatee and the glasses. Yeah. But that is us. Thank you very much. Do you know what I hate? I hate how our lighting makes both me and Matt also look a little bit ginger in the beard. I hate it. I hate it with a passion. Okay, mine is. I do have a ginger beard. Yeah, so. lo- lots of people have a ginger beard. That's not uncommon. That's fine. It's it's in my bloodline. I tried to call it. They can't. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you sure it's fine, Matt? You know, I've got a sticky yeah, it's suspicion. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I guess it's fine in the same way Zack Snyder's films are fine. 
No, no, I feel like that's, that's not. Right, heat vision, he'd be dust right now. <laughs> Just saying. All right, let's get out of here. I gotta eat. Yeah, that was a good plan. Thank you very much for watching and our listening, guys. We really appreciate it. Happy 52. We will see you next time. Never get lost in the Speed Force. Connor Kent's real.